Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza. On this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, Nick and I sit down with Joey and Len. They are the Canadian Bitcoiners. We crossed paths with them or heard about them. I guess it'll be a few months ago now. Someone on our team was listening to them, shared uh, some of the stuff that they're doing on YouTube, which is amazing, by the way. And we had a blast with these guys. We definitely drop a few swear words throughout the episode. That's always ha always happens on this podcast. So be, be ready for that if you have any kids in the car. And... Um, we go through all sorts of different topics. I'm just kind of laughing because we did this episode and I really had a blast with it. They talk about everything that's on their mind and they back it up with data. These guys are fantastic. So we go through different things like interest rates, the Bank of Canada, um, Bitcoin price volatility. We talk about the Bitcoin conference that just happened in Miami and their thoughts on that. We get into real estate, we get into education, their thoughts on education. Two absolutely great guys. They're different characters, but they just, the, the vibe between them is, really bang on. So just a pleasure to sit down with them. And I really enjoy sitting down with fellow Canadians who are just open and sharing their views directly. And they definitely did that. They share their um, YouTube channel during this episode, which you can catch their Twitter handles as well. We'll put their Twitter, Twitter handles in the show notes of this particular episode. Definitely follow them on Twitter. They're pretty, uh, they're pretty funny on there and sharing different links to their stuff. They do a live stream on YouTube two times a week that you can jump onto and you can find them on YouTube at the Canadian Bitcoiners. So that's what this show's about. Um, get ready for, for some fun. And if you are listening to this and you're getting mesmerized by some of the real estate headlines going on in this country right now, remember, have the big picture in mind. This particular era right now is starting to remind me a little bit of 2010 and 2017 when everyone around us was starting to say, you know, it's over for the real estate market. And it really didn't it really didn't end. So uh, the best way to battle that is to just increase your education in this space. Real estate is definitely something that goes up and down. Interest rates definitely affect property prices and the activity in the market. If it's something that you think you want to get into, you can pick up some reports and books off our website at rockstarinnercircle.com. And if you want to join in, we have a monthly introductory real estate investing training class. If you want to come in here with the latest things that we're doing with investors locally here in the Golden Horseshoe area, you can regist register yourself for that. And at the end of that, we handle all the Q&A that comes in through the chat in a live. Nick and I are both there live answering those questions. So you can, um, you can join on and register for that at CanadianRealEstateTraining.com. That's the URL for that. CanadianRealEstateTraining.com. If you go there, and punch in your name and email address. We'll register you for the next class. And that's it. Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. You're young. Okay, we're live, by the way. We're, we're live, by the way. You can do live that, no, you can do that by the end of the month. We're yeah, live maybe. with Joey and Len. No, go ahead. You guys can talk about who benches the most. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's okay. great. It's all good. Isn't that, what's, all the, good. what's the podcast even about? Isn't it about benching? No, I was going to oh, say. Oh, shit, I'm leaving. I, I, no, I was going to say it's about strong men, but you're going to have your opinion. Oh, on God. That. Yeah. This is the only fan account that you're going to be opening up, right, Joey? Like, yeah. Len, come right and speak right into the oh, mic. Sorry. Turn that mic. You can't turn. You can't turn. Oh. Yeah, if you turn, you got to do this. Stare into my like eyes yeah, the whole time. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we cut you off. What were you saying? I was saying that Joey should do the OnlyFans account. That's what we'll be talking about right now. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Is uh, he, he tore his Achilles, by the way. Oh, but really? But he's way ahead of me. He's like already squatting and jumping and shit. This is week, how, how week long? 10 for me. 
Wow. Yeah. Already? Holy yeah. cow, that's fast. Man, I don't know. You guys, was it a full tear? It was enough to get a cast on it, yeah. So that, I mean, you guys are a little longer in the tooth than me. I don't know if this is the same for when you guys... <laughs> longer in the tooth. Well, when you... We're basically okay, so, old people. Okay, so you, told me, you told me when we Hey, you could just say, well, you're a lot younger than you, us. You, you have less hair than me, yeah. so I figured... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm a very kind guy, okay? When, when I'm mean on my show, I'll be nice on yours. When when they um, when they tell you to put the cast on, they, they like let it hit with a little bit of t- um, slack in the, in the tear zone, right? But what they never used to do is tell you after that first two weeks in the cast, when you're in the boot, you got to get on it right away. Everything you do has got to be walking, putting pressure on that. And they protect it pretty well, right? They put like the wedges underneath. You remember this. Mm-hmm. And so they pull the wedges every few days after a couple of weeks in the boot. Before you know it, you're stretched out. But I still can't, for all the things I can do, I still can't pull it past 90 degrees on my sure. own. I can't, like I just cannot do it. If Even if I could, mentally, I, there's like a bit of a block there still. So How'd you do it? Playing basketball. Oh. Yeah. I blame uh, uh, my friend Fat Doug. You might know him. He's a premier. Had me sitting on the couch for a month in December. And uh, when I went to go back and play, yeah, after a month. I was of, like, Fat Doug? I don't know after, Fat Doug. After, but a month, after a month of pizza, beer, and video games. Yeah. It didn't so go for, as well for, as I had hoped. And I'm a good athlete. I just, that, you know. The when, first, even if you do say so yourself. Uh, yeah. The first game out, he hurt himself. It didn't yeah. take much. It's That's the very right. first game. That's right. Uh, this Let, is going nowhere fast. Yeah, yeah. So why don't you guys explain what you, for, for people who don't know you, what do you guys do? How did we cross paths? How did sure. we cross paths? Well, we now know it was Nigel who come, came across your podcast to describe this podcast. When did it start? What are you doing with it? What's the, what's the goal here? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that the podcast that we run is called the Canadian Bitcoiners Podcast. It runs twice a week, Monday and Wednesday. We stream both nights. We started this show, I think, just before the 2021 March COVID lockdown. It was a third, three weeks before. It was March yeah. 29th was our first episode we recorded. 2021. 2020 yeah. or 2021? 20, 21. 21. This is, we've only been doing it for a year. Oh, a mar- God. There's a March one lockdown year. last year. I, I yeah. lost track of them. So so after our third episode where we were recording live at his house, they shut us down and you we had to do it all remotely after that. And we've been doing it ever since. Uh, you yeah. didn't really have to, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I he, know. I, well, he, like, Len lives a little further than, you know, he's not a neighbor of mine. So, especially when, like everyone knows about like gas prices and all this other nonsense is going on here. You really want to have a guy drive all that way. Not to mention it's harder as you guys know, I'm sure it's harder to edit live audio properly without this kind of like mint setup, right? We're at my kitchen table with two mics and a zoom H six. Awesome. You know what I mean? So we like, it was doable, but in post it's a lot harder. Now when we do the show, you know, Len does a, a kick-ass job, pulls together all the stories. He sends it to me a couple of days before, and we just riff on the latest and greatest in Bitcoin, macro, you know, some of the stuff you guys talk about. We've quoted you guys on the show. I got this number from uh, your program, this, you know, a uh, quarter point on every 100,000 is only 12 bucks or something like that. Yeah, I thought that's a great stat. So when people, you know, one of the things I, I like to say on our program over these rate hikes, right, that's got everyone's, you know, knickers in a knot. It, it's not really going to fight inflation if all it costs you is a trip to Starbucks every month, right? And so talk to me when it's not just a trip to Starbucks. But anyway, we'll get into that, I'm sure. Two different personalities, too. Good for you guys. And why did you call it the Canadian Bitcoin? What is it? I don't even Canadian know. Canadian Bitcoiners. C- Canadian Bitcoiners. Yes. Yeah. Did you have that conversation of like, is anyone else calling their thing the Canadian Bitcoiners? That's a big name that you guys put down. And it, representing the whole country. Yeah, yeah. Joey gets the credit for that one. So it, I'm not sure how you came about with that name, but uh, he's the one that, that sprung it on me. And yeah, it's for sure we're going to go ahead I'll, with it. It's, I'll take some credit, but my wife works in design and advertising. She's a graphic designer for a small agency in uh, Waterdown. And one of the things she said to me was, if you're going to do a show like this and you want to find an audience, you got to get on the SEO thing. And so 
I came up with some other dumber names like Kitchen Table Bitcoin, other bullshit like that. But no one's going to look for Kitchen Table Bitcoin. Everyone's going to look for Canadian Bitcoiners. Mm-hmm. And that's sure as shit. You know, we've pro- found a ton of listeners like that. Somebody was wearing your shirt in Miami. I don't know. I stopped one of your buddies. He knew one of you. I don't want to say his shirt. name, but I think I know. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to dox him or anything, but I think I know. He's <laughs> a yeah. really cool guy. <laughs> yeah. I love how secretive you, t- you guys Well, are. I don't want to give anything I, up. No, 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 no. I yeah, totally knows? respect I that. I totally guys, respect the that. The guy's situation. Who knows what he told his wife? <laughs> <laughs> he was there with his wife. I yeah. Know, okay. yeah I, now I don't know if I should say anything. The guy was there with some, some female. Even better. Even better. <laughs> but it's anyway, he was like, representing you guys, which yes, was cool for me to see. It's incredible. And the support from like, and I'm sure you guys experience this as well. The support from a community of people who you know, for sure have not only a million other things to worry about, but for, they also have a million better things to do than listen to you yap about Bitcoin macro. You guys talk about real estate and, 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 and economics as well for them to like, not only listen to the show, watch the show, come to the live streams, you know, chop it up in the chat, all that, but then to like buy a shirt and wear it at a Bitcoin conference makes you feel good. Yeah. Not just like at the Bitcoin right. conference, Joey. He's worn at some other very yeah, prominent events. Yeah, so i got to yeah. give him kudos for that. Yeah, some other um, loud downtown events. Yeah. This is a certain mystery about you two. <laughs> so let me, uh, how, how did you get into Bitcoin? What's the what's the story? Uh, I, Nick, I explained, by the way, how we thought it was shit and laughed it off. And then we're like, holy shit, we were so wrong. You thought it was shit. I just didn't pay attention to it. You were yeah. one of many yeah, that yeah, thought yeah. it was shit, but one of very few who came around and made the right decision, right? Like, yeah, especially when your friends and your sort of industry and your peer group, how many people, you know, yeah, you yeah, yeah. Part? Once you get it, it hits you pretty hard. Yeah. Like, and is that what happened to you guys? How did you go down this path? We, okay, so Len and I are colleagues outside of the podcast and, uh, you know, we, we had been discussing Bitcoin at the lunch table, much like we're doing right now. It was uh, round. It wasn't like this yeah. square <laughs> table. Not, not quite. Not quite as, but very close. Not quite as many corners. And, uh, so we, you know, we've been discussing it quite a, a bit and a friend of mine who we talk about on the show once in a while, he goes by the moniker Manny Monero just for our purposes again. We don't say names of anyone or anything. (laughs) And uh, so he, him and I were talking about buying it. We were looking at the price probably for five or six months leading into the summer of 2017. And the thing for us at the time wasn't that we didn't want to buy it. It's that we didn't know how. I didn't know what Coinbase was. I didn't know like if there was a Canadian exchange. All these changes I had seen, it was always the same roadblocks, right? And before you know about KYC AML, it's intimidating to like go to a website you've never heard of before uh, you know, in the case of like Binance, you had to like slide the puzzle piece over on your phone and like get the, the cap yeah, 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 and yeah. send them a picture of your driver's license, some email you never saw before. Like, I don't think so, man. I'm not doing that. And uh, anyway, long story short, ser- sort of a serendipitous um, event. A girl I dated years prior, I was talking to one of her friends on Twitter because he was talking about Bitcoin. I said, where do you buy it? He told me about Coinbase and off we went. Now, you guys didn't have to suffer through this like, you know, burning hula hoop obstacle course to get Bitcoin. I forgot about this until you reminded me. Yeah. Like, it's, it was tough to get it back in the day. We you, you used to only be able to buy 50 bucks a week. And Coinbase would stop you at $50 until you built up your trust with the platform. So you'd buy 50 bucks one week. And they'd give you, the, I guess, really the, like the, mecha- the mechanism was they'd give you the Bitcoin right away. But they wouldn't charge like they debit your bank account until after the fact, right? Because as we know, the banking system doesn't work that way. Yeah, quickly. got it. So... After a couple of weeks of buying 50, they'd say, congratulations, you're a trusted client now. You're bumped up to 75 bucks a week. And so you're slowly building up this stack, right? And so, you know, Len and myself and a couple of our other buddies bought, uh, you know, back in that 2017 bull run. It's going up and up and up. We don't have that much, but still nice to see this thing going crazy. And then, you know, I remember being out at dinner with my wife and uh, it was like her work Christmas dinner. 
And I was in the washroom, you know, one hand on my unit, one hand on my phone, looking at the price, and it's the Bcash day. And the thing is just, it's falling out of the sky, like precipitous drop after precipitous, every time I refresh, it's a lower number. And so I'm messaging my buddy, I'm like, what do we do? We couldn't sell. You weren't allowed to sell in Canada. Well, Quadriga was still, <laughs> it was there at the time. We didn't know that. I wasn't sending my, it, Coinbase was easy because all you had to do is take a picture of yourself. Right. Remember? So That's, why couldn't you sell? You weren't allowed. There was no, Coinbase there was, would not allow any sales Coinbase wouldn't let you do yeah, it. And but could, Quadriga, you were able to do so. Got it. And that, now it's an exchange that has a yeah. very troubled history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Body. I think a lot of people know about the, that story. Yeah. But at the time, Quadriga was available for you to sell your We Bitcoin. didn't know that. We didn't know that. So we... Coinbase wouldn't let you hold a CAD, a CAD balance. And so a few of the people that were buying, friends of mine, people at work, they saw that price drop, they stopped buying and they never looked at it again. Just kind of disappeared. Exactly. Yeah, that's what it kind of, I feel like it kind of happened yeah. for like a year. I didn't even hear about it at all. Right. Yeah, because everyone will talk about, well, if you bought it here, you know, if you bought it at 500 bucks or even if you bought it at 3,000 bucks, yeah, but would you hold it until today, right? Is always the question or, or you just forget about it. Yeah, it went up, it came crashing back down. So you're just like, oh, I just left it there and I didn't know what the heck. Because I had a similar experience. I, I forget what year it was, but I had someone tell me, they're like, look, I went, I went for lunch with someone that, I, that I, like, was in the space a little bit. And he told me, he's like, look, if just to understand the space, you should buy something. Like, you're, I'm like, you're right, you should. And I'll never forget it. I woke up on Sunday morning. I'm like, okay, I'm going to figure out how to buy this Bitcoin stuff. And I went on. I tried to open an account. Then it started wanting to link to my bank account. I'm like, I'm not linking it to my bank account. I don't know what the hell this is. I'm going to give it direct access. I wonder to if it bank. was Quadriga back uh, then. No, it was, I want to say it was Kraken, but I'm not 100% sure. Oh, That's what I was think, thinking about. I don't but, think it was Kraken. But um, yeah, I, I don't think so either. But but it's just what comes to mind. It was some name like that. But anyways, same same experience. And then I just said, Ah, screw it, man. I can't figure this stuff out. And like, I'll come back to it again. And then after those few hours, I never circled back to it. And then all of a sudden, a couple of years later is when we looked at it. We're like, holy shit, man, we should look at this a little bit more seriously. It's, it's, you know, you guys know this all too well. Real estate, people talk about how your home is the best investment you ever make. It's, it's not because your home, you know, it, you weren't sharp, suddenly sharper than you have been playing the market on the day you bought your home, suddenly sharper than you were buying your car, buying art, buying trading cards. The reason your home is the best investment you ever make is because you have to hold on to it. You you can't sell <laughs> Not it. Not too liquid. That's what you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. You can't just get rid of it. And it's a on big a purchase on right. leverage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I think if everyone had to hold, you know, for example, if you were buying just ETFs or whatever, and you held had to hold, had with to hold leverage, and you had to hold for forty years, you'd probably do okay. You yeah. know what I mean? Generally speaking, you'd do okay over the last forty years yeah. anyway. The next forty, eh, we'll see. But um, so yeah, you know, we we held, we bought, we learned, uh, did a lot of the stuff you guys have done, Bitcoin Standard. Uh, you know, made it through those hoops. And before you know it, you not only do you get it, but you start to get a lot of other things you didn't get before about time preference, about how to, you know, how to sort of handle your finances day to day, long term planning. So this was why you didn't give up on it we, after the two, 2017, 2018 kind of yeah. period where the price came down. I, I could say, I don't know about you, but when I bought into it, I bought a little bit, I bought a little bit more. And then the, as the price continually dropped, I kind of just let it be. I didn't, I didn't buy for some time. And then I started buying again once the price started to, to you know, hit the, the floor and uh, I saw it going back up. That's when I started buying once again. So I just held on to it, didn't really think much of it. But really Bitcoin, if you think about it, like where we went hard into it, there's the watershed moment of March 2020. And that's where a lot of people's eyes, they've opened up to what is wrong with the world, the economic world, and what is right with Bitcoin that could solve a lot of the problems. And that's when I really went hard in. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure about you. So 
Yeah, good for you guys. What's the current attack on Bitcoin that has you most concerned right now? And I want to get back. You kind of brushed over your real estate comment. You said next 40 years. I want to go back to that. Um, but uh, what's the, the biggest threat right now for Bitcoin in your eyes? Government regulation, overregulation would probably be something that could really derail things. It, it wouldn't take it all off the, take it all to a full stop. But I think if they decided to say, okay, mining, for instance, you, you, there's no longer... Um, you're not longer able to do mining with a certain jurisdiction. That could cause a real problem, especially in North America, because there's a lot of Bitcoin miners that are located in North America. And if they were to end up stopping doing whatever they're doing, it's going to cause a real problem. with the network. You don't think we're past the threshold where they would not do that? I, I can never say never, because you, there's always some person yeah. out there that might have an idea that's saying, you know what, the, they might be getting fed the wrong information that Bitcoin uses too much power. It's going to boil the oceans. It's, it's creating a lot of greenhouse gases. Yeah, I will which, save us. I will ban this. Yeah, yeah I, I, I would imagine there's still some people out there that may want to do this and they'll be championing that that type of narrative it's not true but you'll still have those people i think that's the biggest hurdle that okay. we'd have to overcome i don't think it's a likely hurdle but that's probably Joey, our another hurdle for you or i, I just want to say you are always like forever the optimist, like that they're getting, for example, fed the wrong information as if they don't know what the correct information is about Bitcoin, about mining, energy use, all that stuff. You know, to that point, th there's uh, there was a tweet the other day, I think from Troy Cross, like the philosopher yeah, yeah, slash yeah, energy yeah. guy. And he makes, you know, he made this point that if we're really that concerned about energy use for things that don't, you know, are, are quote unquote net negative to society, are, are we like... Is anyone on the horn with Pornhub about the use on their data yeah, center? I saw mention that. Yeah. Like, has anyone yeah. talked to them? Are yeah. we talking to? People? I think Nick Carter retweeted that. Well, is he, he basically right? said, like, how much electricity are we using on porn? Is anyone really well, talking point, about that? At here? one point, the number of like that the data of internet traffic that was porn related versus anything else it, that had like dwarfed like that other few things below it combined right. like I forget Holy I forget what the number was yeah I, this was a couple of years ago I remember seeing this somewhere I was like Holy, I was blown away by if you look at the percent of internet traffic that was porn related and I don't know how they track it all but it was flipping large yeah. it, it was mind blowing so where's, yeah, yeah. so where's the pushback there yeah where's, I never even heard of this so where's the pushback there? I think you're being optimistic thinking that some of these politicians are really understand what's going on I think they I think they I'm more kind of to Len's point where like they're getting fed some information not all of them it's almost but impossible I think the majority it is almost impossible to not know at this point. It's mm -hmm. almost impossible. When we first started in Bitcoin, 2017, okay, I would have given you the benefit of the doubt. I would have said, it's difficult for you to find data. For example, you know, there's, there was none of these dashboards, these mining mm -hmm. dashboards, the block size, the block height, all this stuff. This was all still, it was very much still in flux in some respects. The block size war was not, you know, as recent. And there was no, there was nothing, like no friendly user interface to find all this stuff. It was hard to find it. Like we say, when we got here, okay, we pulled up to the campsite and I couldn't see the fucking fire, okay? I couldn't get to the campfire. It was hard. There's wild animals along the way. Now, if I pull up to the campsite, there's fucking tiki torches lining the way there. I'm making it there, no problem. Mm -hmm. You got no excuse now. Yeah, but there's a lot of people not pulling up. To the, like, if they don't look oh, there's into There's a lot of the people, but politicians. But that they're, those are the people that aren't looking into the information. Like, how many of them, you think, hear about this Bitcoin thing and someone's like, oh, it's bad for the environment. They're like, oh... Sounds very interesting. I'm pro-environment. Let me go look into the facts and read the studies on this and see how it works. I will like what percentage critical of thinking I into know. this. I, listen, I think you're not. Like we're, you're, longer you than, hey, we're longer in the tooth than you. I love that. Do you okay. think your friend, uh, fat, what was it, Fat Doug? He's not my friend. <laughs> oh, I thought you, you said I thought you called him your friend or your buddy. <laughs> <laughs> He's not my buddy. Let me guy. give you a different spin. <laughs> it's not what they believe. It's what they're saying. Because how many of these? I'm going to slightly change the topic here. How many of these politicians believed in spending money? 
too oblivious to the fact that to the point where they're going to obliterate the economy. They knew we were going to get to this point, but they did so to appease their constituency. Right. So they may talk about now to go back to the Bitcoin narrative. Are you saying politicians would buy votes like that? Incredible. Wow, that's, it, that's it's nature. But like, <laughs> that's you, you think they know what they're doing to the economy when they spend money they don't have? You'd have to be obtuse not to think that. Yeah, print out another trillion everyone, dollars here and say oh, because, nothing because there's happen. no there's no case to be made that politicians don't manage their like their individual balance sheet. Like there's there's no case to be made that no one at least considers the consequences of For sure. an economy, a country, a society on deficit spending, and we're seeing it. To, to your question earlier about what is the biggest threat, I am personally in the ESG as the biggest threat camp. Uh, there was a great panel at the Bitcoin conference. It seems to me one of the only honest actors in the space. And not days. talked about enough. Eh? Yeah, Marty Marty Bent was on a panel mm -hmm. with uh, Jamie Leverton, Troy Cross. Yeah, we missed that one. You got when it. you're there live, there's so much going on. Right. You can't actually get to everything. Right. And on the main stage, they're putting, you know, celebrities. You know, the main stage is hunting for likes and clout. And on the side stages, they're having real discussions. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah we went to some of the lightning stuff because that's what we were The lightning stuff, stuff was there. great. Probably yeah. great. It that's, was great. That's, yeah. So that's an important topic. Yeah. Where's your lightning node? Wow. You're you're sitting right next to a Bitcoin node. There it is. Nice. You didn't know that. Yeah. Hey, Len, right under your nose the whole time. I, did, I saw that. I was Do you wondering think what we're Bitcoiners or what, Len? <laughs> so that's a Raspberry Pi. That's Len, an SSD. Len, you have a Bitcoin magazine in front of you. Mm -hmm. You got a Tahini's hat, and you're sitting next to a Bitcoin node. It's what else can it's we do well for disguised. You? What else I, can we? I great. like it. <laughs> it is great. The ESG thing is a big. It's a big attack vector because there's again, like we talked about, sort of politicians and the way that. Uh, political whims dictate outcomes in a country like Canada, United States, any first world democracies like this, unfortunately. And let's face it, most people that vote, I mean, I don't want to say shouldn't be allowed to vote, but certainly bring less to the table at the ballot box than some, right? There's probably there's an 80-20 rule generally across society. This is no different. And when you look at that panel that Marty was on, you got Troy and Jamie uh, talking a lot about well, we need regulation. We need government intervention. We need clarity. We need ESG. We need all these things. And Marty, you know, I think he was getting upset. He probably also had a bit of a hangover, if I had to guess. But he's making the right point. So we don't need anyone. We need anyone to get here. The network is sufficiently decentralized. It's sufficiently spread around the world. You can run your own node, as you guys just pointed out. And if you want to play this game, you can play it. If you want to mine, you can mine. If you want to use oil and gas, coal, solar, whatever, wind, flare in, in an oil field, you do it. What We're innovating in the energy space. The innovation is with the use of energy for mining. It is not with getting bogged down in bureaucratic processes that are, dic that are dictating terms to you with really no justification for doing so. You know, th these, these stories about green energy and whatnot, you know, a lot of people talk about Elon Musk, for example, and Tesla's. These are some of the dirtiest cars to manufacture, mm -hmm. to dispose of, to maintain. Like, th this is not, it's not really hard to see all this stuff. Y you can't tell me that, you know, th everyone throwing their cell phones away is terrible for landfills because the batteries are hard to dispose of. And then also tell me in the same breath that I got to get a battery operated car. Come on. You don't think I'm that dumb, do you? The problem, I think, is that they do think we're that dumb. So your, your point is that the Bitcoin network is big enough and sustainable enough by itself that a regulatory body in a nation state like Canada or the U.S. is small potatoes compared to what Bitcoin can handle now. It should be. It's going to operate with or without the United States, it should be. with or without Canada. But aren't be. they having a different conversation? Because the, from the mining, the miner's perspective, so let's say, take Jamie's perspective, right? If she's looking at HUD-8. So she would look at it and be like, well, from as a CEO of this company, 
we want the we we're comfortable with the regulations because we want to know how to play within these regulations so that we can make money and then confidently move forward as a business versus the the argument that you're making or Marty was making about well the Bitcoin network might not need that and and I think that I think both can be right. I think yeah, there's nuance here. Like, yeah, her perspective is coming from that. From, from a corporate, yeah. like she's looking out for the, as a CEO and, of the and company. I guess she Marty's should saying, be looking there's, out for there's the, a best different, of the There's a different way to phrase that. You're not wrong. She's looking out for the company. What she's doing is pulling up the regulatory ladder. Because if you have to play ball with ESG regulations, there's only so many people who can make that, that can navigate that trajectory, right? There's legal, there's power procurement, sure, all yeah. this stuff. She's not dumb. And, you know, one of the things she said on that panel was, you know, we're never going to, we're never going to, you know, allow for, extra regulation on mining through this council or extra regulation on mining through different licenses. We're going to lobby against that. We won't bend the knee. I would say that if you look at HUD-8's history, recent history especially, all they do is bend the knee. The knee is constantly bent. There's rug burns on the knees, boys, okay? There's there's Web3. There's the uh, gaming. gaming. There's all the stuff. That I don't. So I don't know examples yeah, of I what you're talking about. HUD-8 HUD now has a, a pretty thick corporate catalog of things that are not related to Bitcoin. So they mine Got Bitcoin. Let's, let's go right to the, to the nitty-gritty here. So they mine Bitcoin. But they don't just mine that. They also mine Ethereum. So right off the bat, they're... Oh, do they? I didn't know that. Yeah, they mine, they mine oh. a little bit of Ethereum. So that's... It is what it is. But now they're also getting into the e-gaming type of thing. So they're sponsoring events and that. So they're getting into the gaming side of things, which is pretty far away from Bitcoin, if you ask me. And they're also getting into... Are they sponsoring Bitcoin games or paying out in sats if you no, win a game? No, oh, no. So it's just, no, just gaming side of the it's, business. It's Web3 through the gaming stuff. Then they bought a data center with through, Web3. Through, through online storage and cloud gaming. Uh, you know, the list goes on. There's a number of things you could look at. And they do Twitter spaces every so often. Jamie and, and Sue and whoever else is on that, that team. And the stuff they talk about, you know, there was a time when HUD-8 was sort of this monolith, both in terms of their output as a miner, and I think also as, as, you know, as far as their sort of loyalty to the mission. You know? One of my biggest problems with the Bitcoin conference is that that, to me, looked a lot more like a party at the Playboy Mansion than it did Sunday service. And we're, we're getting, in my view anyway, like I don't know, Lena, you feel about this, I, we're getting dangerously far away from Sunday service. And Sunday service is what got us here. You know, there's a lot of stuff that should have shut this. It, it was inevitable that you'd come to this point as you get I, more I, and more people. I, I totally see where you're coming from. And I could got to agree with a lot of what you're saying. I guess the opposite argument, just to play devil's advocate here a little bit, would be that when you have things like gaming and stuff enter the conversation, it might attract some new people to the space that don't have a clue about Bitcoin that pulls them into the world that can then understand the importance of a digitally scarce monetary asset that didn't exist before. But they're, could, they're, we, could we see any value in that? They're putting their resources in the wrong category. They should be mining strictly Bitcoin. They should be trying to secure the network and doing whatever it is that takes to do that. Mm -hmm. Why are they getting into something it's, else? It's, it's difficult. Sense. It's difficult. Not only that, HUD-8 does one thing that, I, that to me, it irks me the mm -hmm. wrong way. They don't put the best candidates in the right position sometimes. Sometimes they, they determine who's going to be winning the, that position based on not who they are, but what they are. Yeah. They, you mean inside their corporation? Yeah. They're, they're well, welcome on. to corporate politics. I know, I know. Well, I'm not trying to hear defend them, like because I'm agreeing with all you're saying, but geez. Well, we had the... You, Len, you know, you're passionate about I, this. You I say am. it. You say it. Say it. No, I mean, I don't want to... <laughs> you, you don't screen out candidates just because they are who they what they are. You shouldn't be doing that. You should be assessing them what they are, like what oh, they present. Geez, I want to live in your world. But, this, <laughs> but they are purposely saying this. Yeah. It's not like they're doing this behind closed doors. And it's we could kind of assume this the case, yeah. this is the case, but it, they are saying this, and this is the, their mo. Yeah. And if you're doing that, 
you look at other Bitcoin mining companies, I'll name one, Bitfarms. They have a brilliant person working for them, Ben Gagnon. He's, if you talk to him, you listen to him talk about Bitcoin, the man is a genius. If you look at what he is, he may not have been hired by HUD-8 just because of who he is. And that's not right. He's yeah, but I kind of want to live in a world that, you know what, I might, you know, the kind of old saying, I don't agree with what you're saying, but I'll fight to the death for your right to say it. I'll kind of extend that to HUD-8. Let them do as they want. And let, them, corporation. And, and let the market choose, right? The well, let the market choose. And I think yeah. that's ultimately where I stand. Let the market choose. The problem is when you support stuff like ESG, the market can't choose because you eliminate mm-hmm. competition that way. There's a regulatory ladder, a legal ladder that is important it's important to have that ladder down it's been down to date but i think if you look at the way uh governments sort of try and capture industry this is not the first time this will ever happen you know they, sure you look at yeah. oil and gas yeah. same thing right you can't you you there's subsidies you there's can, different regulations you, so it's all over the place. and like it's it's not just an oil and gas right look at look at the the fight that musk is having trying to buy twitter mm-hmm. right whether you think he's gonna do it whether he's trying to do it or not trying to do it it doesn't matter the fact of the matter is these guys would rather dilute shares they're not going to face any consequences from the sec this tells you exactly what kind of game you're playing. It's not is, about shareholders. No, and the game, is, the game is slanted already, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want it to be more slanted because someone thought it was a feel-good story to, you know, uh, let's use more green energy. If the green energy is efficient, if it's effective, and if it's worthy of my capital, it'll get my capital. So I've always thought as Bitcoin is like my own silent revolution where I can starve the beast. Mm. Like I'll buy Bitcoin, you know, and that's money out of the traditional financial sector. It's out of generating taxes the way they would be naturally generated and so forth. And I've always thought that was kind of enough. But hearing you guys, I think you want more. You want people, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. You guys you guys want what exactly? What, what would be like a, I don't know, what's an ideal national strategy or a group of people getting together? Like what would you like to see in the world? I, I want to see, see more people focused on the the things that are adjacent to Bitcoin, right? There's there's a number of things I think are adjacent to Bitcoin. You guys, I think you guys both have kids, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I remember, for example, uh, in this in this we're long in the tooth, uh, right? Yeah, you can take that one with you. No 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 charge on that. Uh, the, uh, the 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 thing I would say if I look back at like my own sort of my own growth, right? When I was 20 years old, I knew for sure that if I wanted to go slam back beers on Dollar Beer Thursdays at Isaac's, okay, the Brock Campus Bar. I could do it. And as long as I figured it out in the next two years that I needed decent grades, graduate with a diploma, and then I could go get a job after that, and hopefully things will work out, I was okay to do all those things. And so my behavioral pattern was I can, I can drink a few beers and also succeed if I just wise up a little bit. How, how do you convince a 20-year-old now, for example, okay, that if you make all the right decisions, you're going to be able to afford a house and have a family? How do you do it? You can't. How, there is no 20-year-old who's in a, a, you know, a Bachelor of Arts program at any major university anywhere in the country, anywhere in either country probably, Canada or the U.S., who's going to be able to graduate and have a salary that allows them to buy a home before they turn 30. They're going to have tons of student debt. They're going to have an impossibly difficult and accelerating way from the housing market to deal with. Not to mention that you know, th- their, their peers will be also sort of behaving a different way. You may not have a great group of friends like you did before. You may not have uh, a great nuclear family like you did before. All these things make a big difference, and we're not seeing the results of these things yet, but we're going to. 
And Bitcoin fixes a lot of that stuff. So I don't need a, you know, a, a, a panel of, you know, influencers or whatever to talk to me or my government about why they should use Bitcoin. I think, the, like, I, like I always say to Len, uh, the government knows why they should use Bitcoin. And that's exactly why they're not going to use it. There's nothing, we're not going to break it. And th that's why we're, we're here where we are right yeah, now. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. They, they so, so when you hear a politician like Pierre talk about Bitcoin, does that get you excited or just like he's playing to the crowd? No, I, I think he believes in it, in it right? because yeah. he does have some skin in the game. It's publicly known that he's bought into the ETF. And I think he has oh, some, has he? Yeah. yeah, into the uh, into one of those spot Bitcoin ETFs. Yeah. So he's put something into it. But not only that, he has to have some Bitcoin because when he was at Tahini's not too long ago, he paid for That's true. So he, yeah, he yeah, must yeah. have, I'm just trying to connect yeah, the dots yeah. here. Should have grabbed his phone. I know I'm not going to touch that, <laughs> but so I, no way. Let me see. Show me, show me your wallet. Government, government phone, government phone. Don't touch that so thing. I, I think he believes in it, but how much of, of an impact can he have? He's only one person, mm -hmm. and he's working in a system that is already in place and it's been here for a long period of time. And agree. I'd love to see the, the Canada, even the United States, adopt the Bitcoin standard. I know it's it's a no. it's a far it's never a, never. It, I can't see. It, it may not, but it's, it's maybe a far. But I'd love to see that because the root of this problem here, anything we're doing here, we're just treating the symptoms. We got to get to the root of it. And you talked about it on a recent uh, podcast. I think it was with with you two or with when, with Lynn Alden was there. I can't remember. But you're saying that in if it was smart, then she said it. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're quoting something she she said. Um, and it, it was something along the lines that the the uh, debt to GDP was quite low in the early 70s and it, yeah. since then it's went yeah. nearly up it was yeah. i think 30 percent, and now we're at 110 percent. i think it's the numbers you're quoting what happened in the early 70s well they got off the, the gold standard and it, the further you are away from this the longer you're going to stay off any type of standard you're just going to continually have problems and a problem that you will never be able to solve agreed okay so then just getting back to that point and you guys were touching on it what do you want to see you I'd love go to see right it. to a Bitcoin. Standard. I'd love to see it, but I can't see that happening. That's I. That's it's my dream. Yeah. But because as long as this doesn't take place, my money, which is representative of my effort, my time, and and all that stuff, it's being debased. Mm -hmm. So that it that to me, they're devaluing my time. They're devaluing my, my effort, my energy, like that. I so, went, so what? I guess the question then goes to what are you willing to give up? Because everyone's going to have to give up something. Right. Because so for any politician to, to go to any whether it's Bitcoin or gold or or whatever, if there was another invention that came out that said, OK, it's going to be this is the sound money now. Now, to do that, we can't have deficit spending. So what are you giving up? Are you giving up your police force? Are you giving up your roads? Are you giving up your arts programs or social programs? You got to give up. A you got to give up stuff. Absolutely. So like we so, can still so, do deficit spending. We should have to borrow at the open market at the free rate. And then rate. we have to make money as a government as yeah. be profitable to pay it back. Pay the way it, back, it used right? to be done is if you wanted to fund something very costly like a war, you'd either have to tax people or sell bonds or a combination of the two. So right away, you're funding something that is very costly. Now you don't have that. You want to fund something? You borrow it, and then future generations are not going to have to pay yeah. for it. Just the, That's the right way to the do road it. to move it. If we truly go to a sound money system, I I strongly believe that the road from here to there is a fucking nasty road. Sure, mm -hmm. you know. Well, like, for sure, you have to give up a lot. The the, the lifestyle we're le we're living right now, it's a result of this whole fiat environment. We'll have to tighten our belts quite a bit. To live in that type of yeah, environment. but but I don't mean I I mean like like the there there'll be movements of people. 
rioting in the streets because of it. And you know what you're having right now? You're having movements of people rioting in the streets of Sri Lanka and Lebanon. No, you're right. You're right. And we're seeing it. I agree. I I agree. Where where they've defaulted under debt. Now, it's it's not going to take forever before we get to that didn't here. Just a, didn't, wasn't there a tweet out there that says the Bank of Canada's raising a U.S. bond? A U.S. Yes. You said, you said bond? that to me, yeah. Are there a three-year type? I didn't look at the details on it. I was, I literally stared, staring at my phone in shock. So the last yeah, time they did that was 2019. Was like, Why the hell would they do that? Oh, did they, they did it before? Yeah, in 2019, I think they did the same thing. So they're just re- copying what was done just a few years ago. Yeah, well, if they did in 2019, it's still the stupidest thing I've ever heard of, and I don't understand why our government would ever do that. Why would I want to why earn Canadian Trudeau, dollars I mean, and point, have to pay my debt in U.S. Shouldn't dollars? Shouldn't Trudeau look into these things and research them? You think that the, the politicians should know all this stuff? I think, he, I think they know. I think they know. I think they know. I think they don't. I, th- I think that some had people don't even know they, they issued the bond. There's a, there's like a, there's, I think there's like a two, there's a two sort of tier system when it comes to like politics in, in a modern democracy, right? There's the the celebrity politician. This is like you know. Not, I'm not saying like Trudeau's a bad politician. Obviously, the guy's very capable. Oh, I am. Poli- no, no. He's a, he's oh, capable politician. As a politician. Oh, okay. Uh, As a drama teacher, is any good? I, I no comment. Okay. The, the, uh, the no, because those pauses don't come off right. Yeah, he they pauses seem fake. When he speaks. Yeah, yeah. That's the not the right. thing I would say is that he's he's a he's a man who's you know sort of holding the banner for a bunch of people who are behind him, under him, making decisions on these sites, these sorts of things. He may not know all the things about Bitcoin and deficit spending that he should. Maybe there's other politicians, you know, that are also not knowing quite as much as they should. But I would suggest to you guys that there's a lot of people underneath those politicians who do know exactly. Oh, what sure. OK, yeah. we agree on that. Yeah. 100 percent. So like 100%. Well, uh, to me, the difference there's really, you know, these are these are one and the same. As far as like the 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 sort of, you know, what I want for Bitcoin. What I really want is for more people to adopt it and become, you know, nodes in their personal lives. You guys are the Bitcoin guys in your life, right? You go to a dinner party, you have, a, you hold a class here, instructional session, whatever. People want to talk about real estate, but I know you get questions about Bitcoin too. Because if I look through your podcast feed, it's real estate, real estate, real estate, real estate. Two years ago, and now it's basically real estate, Bitcoin, real estate, Bitcoin. It's you guys like are so Bitcoin, 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 real you, estate. You guys are <laughs> you guys are so into Bitcoin, you'll put up with each other for an hour and a half instead of getting a guest in here and talk about Bitcoin, right? Totally, one hundred percent. So I've I've listened to those. Those are good episodes. You should do more of those, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, we'll talk shop off the air. So, the, <laughs> so I would just say, if the more people adopt it and understand it, and the more people have this sort of like elevator pitch, like you know, to your point, right? You and me are in a bit of a different basket demographically. You can take that one with you too. Longer in the tooth, different basket demographically. That one's not as good. No. Yeah, longer in the tooth. We'll give you credit for one. You one is credit for that yeah. one. The other one was corporate. longer in the tooth before second, your time. So for you to bring it back yeah. to life is elder statesman. Yeah. Yeah. Second yeah. one's corporate speak. <laughs> so, <laughs> so your your concern is a lot with like this sort of debasement, right? Because you've already given all this time and all this energy. How, you. They hold all the cards now. I'm right? in a pretty good situation because the fact that it's, I do own a house. It's true. It's true. So but there, there are a lot of people who don't. And even you know, Len, even if you, even if you own the house, the the money in a pension, for example, is eroding. The uh, you know, the money that you're the, like every year that passes that your daughter doesn't have a job, for example, is the time is kind of eroding. Right, things are getting away from her. This is this is already banked time, banked energy on your part. And so that's a conversation you have with people of that age. I think for me, I look at my buddies and I say, man, you know, I, you're probably not keeping a ton of money in your savings account anyway. Not in your 30s. Because it's not doing anything. Yeah, but even in your 30s, you're just spending money. Yeah. Money's going out the door, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, I have some money anyway, but not a lot, but some in my, like, whatever, checking savings account. Why are you buying Bitcoin with that? I do. That's what, that's Jeez, the point. That's they're the all point, going there. That's the point I'm going to make, right? I, I keep, like, some fiat flexibility, but with every dollar I don't need, it goes either into my TFSA or into my Bitcoin stack. And I just say, like, man, you know, 
You get a paycheck every two weeks. Are you really so incapable of budgeting for that that you need to have like, you know, $1,000, $2,000? Heaven forbid you're one of these people who's got six months of salary in cash over the last year. How's that treating you? How's that treating you? You're down 20% maybe? If you, that's, that's if you... If you that's if you're looking at official numbers. If you think the official numbers are 6. legit. 6.7%. Yeah, you're down like I admire bit, your but. thinking. I just, I don't think most of your friends fully understand when you're explaining that to them. They don't. Yeah. And so I just like touch points, right? You guys didn't have the first, like a great experience the first time you heard about Bitcoin. You're buying, you're forgetting about we it. We right? laughed at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of people do. But when was it when you laughed at it? Because it, it makes, it's a different time. If I you, think it was 2017. This was my last real laugh. It was the, you know who it was? It was one of our events and the AV guy, you know who I'm talking about? He leaned over to me while you were on the stage and he showed me his phone. He goes, hey, someone in Buddies told me to buy this Bitcoin stuff. And I'm <laughs> like, oh shit. And the price was going like this. I'm like, oh God, here we go. Well, to put it into you context, know? the economy at that time was doing much, much better than what it is doing right now. Yeah. So you could have laughed at that. I just didn't understand some of the fundamentals of the scarcity of it. I did not know it wasn't controlled and that there was ultimate scarcity. So I didn't know some of the characteristics that would have got my attention. We didn't spend the time to research. Yeah, we didn't, it, it, it didn't look when into When COVID it. hit, we actually had the time. To read. Because we were like, we were gold guys before. So yeah. we, we, under, we, we looked at inflation and we looked at, uh, um, you know, de devaluing dollars. So we understood all that, that concept. And then when COVID hit and like everything shut down and we were coming into the office to try to keep things together. And, but, you know, it was quiet. There's no one else here. And there was a couple of reports that we, we, we were looking at. There was a one Ralph Powell report. I mentioned Ralph Powell and the Bitcoin kind of, standard. Yeah, that kind of, and yeah. And then that led us to the Bitcoin standard and we read those. And then we're just like, we're like, oh crap. It just kind of fell into place naturally. I think because we were already believers of a lot of the principles behind it, it was just the, the, the digital side of the same principles versus the analog side, which we were looking at as gold and so stuff like that. Why, why do you guys sell yourself short then? When, when you're talking about, you know, your friends might not be able to get it or my friends not, might not be able to get it. Anyone can get it. It's just, it's just a matter of how many times does it hit you? If it hits you once and you get it, great. If it hits you twice and you get it, great. Sure. It's, and, and now, you know, the friction back in 2017 was much greater. Everyone was talking about how big a scam it was. The price is going parabolic, all this stuff, right? But, Tulip mania. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? And now what you see is ETF products trading. Uh, governments making it legal tender. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, discussion, the discussion has really evolved, right? It's turned... It's turned uh, it's, it's become civilized in a way. And so now when you talk to somebody about oh, for another example, right? If you talk to somebody about inflation in 2015, what would they say to you? It's not that big a deal. It's 2% or 3%. Even two years your ago, income, was, your income will go up anyway. Whatever, right? There's, there's always some answer. They won't even know the number. Like it's not no even one reported. Did. No, no one's one talking did. about it. Yeah. Because it wasn't in the zeitgeist then. Now, if you talk to somebody inflation, even if they don't know the number, they know it's bananas. They know that their milk is more expensive. They know their dog. That's a good point. Expensive. They know what the word fiat or you know a fiat I mean? dollar Here's is. Here's a different now. way. You're, you're, you're a different way of looking at it. A lot of people they will change when they get burned. They yeah. will look at other things to to do. But even when they get burned, they're gonna look at other people to like for handouts. They're gonna go to the government and ask for some forgiveness or some loan or something. Yeah. That's gonna be their first recourse. Not to look at something like Bitcoin, it's to ask for something to help them profit. For the them time up. for the time being. For the time being. But I think like you know, like I said, with enough touch points, now there's an environment that's friendly to those conversations in a way that it wasn't three years ago. And I think that, you know, I, I don't wanna say you you like owe it to your friends. I know I, I talk to my friends about it sometimes, but they've heard me talk about it for three or four years now. And then if they don't get it now, they're not going to get it ever, but I'll still keep bringing it up. And so if they want to hear about it, they want to talk about it. It's only a matter of time because at some point, you know, those numbers are not going to be, able, you're not going to be able to pass those off as it's Russia, it's COVID, it's, 
it's there's gonna be something else coming up in not too distant future. But eventually, people will get it. I think. Uh, I want. I have some points I wrote down. I want your opinion on on the uh, what could for the for the Miami Bitcoin Conference 2022. What could they have done differently? Because to pay for a big hall, we run events, so to to rent a big hall and pay for all that, sometimes you need to bring in some people to pay that are corporations, maybe in this Web three world or whatever it is that maybe you don't fully agree with, mm-hmm. because. Or you Bitcoin need celebrity to, speakers to to attract guests because celebrities work to, to sell yeah, tickets. Right? Yeah. So like, how do you have a big conference or did you just not have one? Because how do you pay for it? I think you have one. I, I think there's there's like a line you can draw and it's not that hard to see the line. Like it's it's very easy to for it to come into focus. There's companies that are pro Bitcoin. And okay, so you think there's enough? Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. And they, like, they could have chosen better sponsors, and, yeah. or at least the sponsors is one thing. That's no, I, that was huge. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, having Marathon there, and they had a, sh- they still have a very shady. But I get, I get hmm. why, I get why you bring in sponsorship money. I understand that. If you want to bend the rules, my rules, like there's obviously no hard and fast conference rules, but if you want to bend the rules and bring in money to pay for something like that, do it. Fine, I'm not gonna love it, you know, but I'll, I'll hold my nose and I'll swallow it down the bigger beef I had with the conference was the guests and to, you know, you mm-hmm. guys were there on the main stage, you know, you didn't see a lot of stuff about the lightning network adoption. Mm-hmm. The mining uh, panel was on a different stage altogether. No. And so what did they got? Kevin O'Leary was talking on that, that first day. Remember you know? that industry day? So yeah. And that guy flip flops all the time on his stance with very much in the altcoin. And so you got, you got these guys like O'Leary. I, I love Dave Portnoy. Portnoy, I'm a barstool guy. Yeah. But like, what, the what fuck does he, he deliver? Yeah. What's he doing there? He doesn't need to be there. Andrew Yang. He's selling tickets to Nick's point. He's attracting a younger audience. He left. He didn't even do his panel. So, oh really? He yeah. was only there no, for I a little while. He bolted. Okay. He okay. bolted after. He bolted after his. Uh, I saw him. I was next to him. Uh, his I, I was standing right next to him at one point. Yeah. Um, I gotta ask you a question. Did you think that the conference itself was run perfect, or did you see there's some holes in it that need to be filled? Because we run events and ourselves, I, and we know that, like, no, it was fine. I okay. think the actual organization of the conference and the way they, they pulled it off, I, 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 it was fine. I think it was. Run, I think it was. Yeah. Run, you wouldn't change run. anything in terms of like how it was done, like, not, not in terms of the organizations, but in terms of like the festivities. And well, we have personal preferences, right? Mm, so sure. did, did everything align with my personal preferences? Like, if I wanted to learn more about the Lightning Network, like we were talking about stuff, and that wasn't as readily, readily available. So for me personally, I would change that. But that doesn't mean that fifty percent of the crowd wouldn't want that. Do you know what I mean? So it's hard for me to gauge that. But in my personal opinion, yeah, I would have liked easier access or more straightforward access to some other topics, but, but I, yeah, I think it doesn't necessarily make a better conference. And I think you're probably not in the minority. I think that there's a lot more people that are thinking like you. Now, what we're dealing with here is a centralized conference. You have people that are on a board making decisions. And of course, you're going to have people that have their own self-interest and interest for the greater good of, of the, their organization. But ultimately, it's, it's a centralized body that mm-hmm. we're dealing with. And they're going to make decisions that are best for them, not for everybody else. It's frustrating, though. Like Bitcoin Magazine knows that Andrew Yang is not... Like he can say Bitcoin in his stump speeches, but UBI and Bitcoin are incompatible. Mm-hmm. incompatible I, I love the fact that you guys are so steadfast in your beliefs on this. Like I, I kind of like to hear that for sure. I, okay. Okay. Next one. Um, interest rates. Love it. When I say interest rates now, what comes to mind for you guys? Anything? Just what, what, what cross? Borrowing costs, borrowing for, for paying for how, uh, homes with mortgages and servicing debt, because that's really what's uh, going to impact us on a daily basis. That's how I see it. It's, but it's more than that though. Oh, for right? sure. I mean, it's, the government is now going to also service. Yeah, and it's it's going to impact the, their ability to spend the debt money. Service is big. The other thing that about interest rates that I, I don't think enough people talk about is it, it, it affects the, the, everyone knows what the wealth effect is. Your house is worth more. You spend more money. You have a tendency to spend more on discretionary stuff. 
when, when the interest rate goes up, your house, your house, you know, supposed to, and we'll see if that actually happens, drops in value, or at least the, the rate that, which is accelerating in value slows down. And then you don't spend as much. That affects discretionary. We already have a problem with discretionary because of the lockdowns and the sort of fluctuation in employment status for, I don't know, what, 25% of Canadians probably, maybe more. So interest rates rising is, is going to have a real, a real negative effect in a way it hasn't before. The other thing I would say, and I, I told you this before, I don't know if you still, if you still um, feel the same way, but interest rates are going up. But you know what else is going up? The amount of free money you can get from the Fed uh, here and in, in, in America as well. Ontario's about to lower their overnight electricity rates to basically nothing. You yeah, got, did you know that? Yeah, you I got, missed that one. You got your sticker. You, you guys better start mining Bitcoin at two point five percent per kilowatt hour. Two point five cents. Yeah. Mining Bitcoin is a no brainer. Even uh, maybe so we are mining Bitcoin. Mine more. So you got that. You got all this stuff coming. Certain things we don't talk about. Certain, certain things. We don't talk about. <laughs> smart, smart. So you got all these things coming now, right? So is it what is an interest rate hike at you know as you guys mentioned twelve bucks on every hundred thousand at a quarter point? If you're getting a hundred bucks more a month through subsidy. Did the interest rate really go up or is it just window dressing? Are you still having the same problem you had before? You're having the same problem. People are maybe looking at it differently. They feel better about voting for a certain party because they got the money with that guy's face on it or girl's face on it. But I don't, I don't know. Until the rates are up materially mm-hmm. and it causes a Newer people downturn. into the market, it is going to hit them, especially if they go for fixed sure. rate. Sure. When if you're they've tight, been in the market only two or three market. years and now yeah. they have to renew it like so, 4%. So here's a question for you guys on the real estate side. If you were signing a mortgage today, would you do variable or fixed? Oh, always variable. Yeah. yeah. Hunt, always that's what variable. I, that's what I did too. York University did a huge study. It ended in like, I don't know, year 2000 or something. Yeah, yeah. But they went back at, like into the 70s. So I think it was like a 25-year period. There was just like a two-year window in the 80s where it was better to go fix. Every yeah. other year, it was better to go variable. Variable is always the way to go, look especially in an environment with this much debt. Look but the last two years chart. was like, well, last three or four years was like that because I think they well, yeah. So last two years have been interesting because the fixed rate was so close to the variable. Yeah. We always tell people the fixed rate is like buying insurance. Yeah, but the discount on the variable was large. Was so, so, so even That's though it right. looked the same on paper, when you actually went to the mortgage broker, you were getting variable rate mortgages at one point two. You got 2%. it. Yeah. You got Whereas it. the fixed was closer to the two percent. So, so some people have a 1% discount on the bank prime. So even though bank uh-huh. prime's up now, it's 1% discounted off that. They're still in the one, they're probably at a 1.7%. What's bank prime right now? 2.7? No, 3.2? I don't even know what bank prime is. Right it just changed we recently. T- we talked about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I just have to, to point out, Joey, they have the block clock over there. I'm not sure I if you see it. I, have, I, I, so I keep my eye on the price of Bitcoin. I, I, so the, the interest rate thing is... is it's is, funny. One time I was sitting here and I was watching it go up uh, above and below like the $800 billion mark. I was like, just watching it the whole time. Oh, it's over $800 billion market cap, below $800 billion. <laughs> over, below. And then I looked up and it was like $780. i am like, oh shit, what happened to the price? <laughs> so, But on interest rates, to your point, is... is uh, they, yeah, I like they can't. This this half point interest rate move, it's still BS. It's peanuts. Yeah, and the reason why is because inflation's so high, the real rates are still so negative. Yeah. So even the person that told so Tom, to your point, you're right. When people have to pay their monthly bills, that matters. However, if they can make those payments and figure out a way to do it, they still finish ahead because we're in such a negative rate environment that their debt ultimately is is being yeah. I just think some of Joey's friends in their thirties are going to say rates are going up. Joey, I don't know. Well, yeah, my, friend, my friends are very risk averse. It's that's a. I mean, I know that that's the wrong way to act financially at my age. Probably till you're forty almost, you should be taking you know home run swings. At least that's how I view things. And you know, the variable rate mortgages are one of the easiest ways to, like you guys pointed out there, come out ahead. I mean, man, 
the, the other thing I would say is like if you can't stomach a 25, uh, 25 basis yeah, point you're hike, your head. you're yeah. fucked anyway. But so. they, they do the stress test now and it, that should accommodate that even yeah. a small... It, it but should, but, but beyond that, doesn't. You, you were saying 50 basis points is... I mean, I'm going to put words in your mouth. You're saying it's fuck all, right? So um, the I best... is a different term, but yeah, right. yeah I got so you. The, we're, we're very polite. We never swear, okay? <laughs> so I guess as a central banker, the best time to have raised the rates would have been yesterday and the second best time would be today. What would be then in your eyes... would you raise it even higher than 50 basis points would because there would be quite a shock to the market if you raise yeah, it even no, higher. No, I think they're screwed. Like I, I think they're, they've painted themselves in the corner. They're right. Totally screwed. They, I think they're talk. They had to do this to save face, and they have to talk about interest rate hikes multiple going forward again to build confidence in themselves. But I personally feel they want this inflation. They want these negative rates. Otherwise, they know from history they're screwed because of the debt levels they have. So they need these debt levels to go down, and they want to inflate them away. So they're saying one thing, but they're doing the other. The only reason it was at 50 basis points is because they're just like, guys, if we don't do this, people are going to be like, start looking at us like, what the hell are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah. So it's literally to save face. But what are, what are real rates right now? They're still negative they 5, negative 6%. Yeah. Like it's, it's got a ways to catch up. And I don't think yeah. we'll ever get to a point where it will equalize to zero because the, the economy wouldn't be able to stomach that much of a raise in that short a period. Well, of think time. about it. Yeah, you guys yeah I, I agree. I agree. agree. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. You, you guys mentioned before, like we, we talked about this on the stream we just did on Monday, that, that the rates are going up 50 basis points. The debt to income ratio in Canada is at, at an all-time high. Uh, more and more people are finding that their wages are not keeping up with inflation. Inflation is a number that's basically a funhouse mirror. It's never going to be the, the number that's actually happening. And all these things together, are you really telling me that the Bank of Canada is going to raise enough to make a difference into that environment? There's just no way. Mm -hmm. There's just no way. They'll make a difference. It'll hurt some people. It'll hurt but, some, but, but I, I, I see what yeah. Joey's You know saying. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like in the grand scheme, yeah. Yeah. It, they're in a corner. Like you they're said. in a corner. And it's everywhere. It's not just here. It's everywhere. It's global. Yeah. You know, we did some numbers, and I don't have them handy, but we went back to, what was it, 1970 or something? We took the average purchase price and the posted rate at the time. So mm -hmm. it's not it's not an exact science, right? We took the average home purchase price in the Toronto area, um, took the average posted rate, and worked out the, morga the mortgage payment on that. When we did that, um, and then adjusted for inflation dollars, okay? We did it in five-year increments up to 2020. So the last two years, when we did it up the last two years, it really throws it out of whack. But up to 2020, it's very interesting to see that the actual inflation-adjusted dollar amount as as a payment on the uh, the mortgage didn't go up that much. It probably went up. I think it was about forty or fifty percent. I have to pull them up again. We talked about them, so it's a chunk, but it's it's for it's for that many years. Yeah. And but it's because rates have come down so much that that people have been able able to afford these homes. You know, there's another variable to, to consider too. You have two people working instead of one person typically in that time too. So that fifty percent could easily be. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. That, uh, whole, yeah, and, and what did the property prices do over that time? Yeah. Property. Yeah. Prices, exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I, I forget them. But it's just interesting because you know out, everyone says, you know, it, when, when if people leave leave school and they can't afford a, a house and stuff like that, and and they're right, except when when you're in a like our parents would have said the same thing about us where house prices were when we were leaving school, right? And and I I agreed the last two years has totally messed stuff up. So let's remove that. Let's go back two years just for, just for argument's sake. The thing is when it's a changing game, you never know what the rules are going to be, and that's where the challenge lies. Because if they if they're going to mess with rates more or they mess with the amortizations, that argument might not hold weight because people can still they might take yeah we're pretty convinced their next move is to extend amortization yeah, for sure. It yeah. might take fifty yeah, sure years to pay off their mortgage, yeah. but then we're, you we're can not, you're not hearing house. about it now. Give it <laughs> yeah. the next election when Trudeau comes to the table and says, "Well, you know what? We've tried everything. 
We've tried everything. Hasn't yeah. worked to save the Canadian yeah. to uh, for the game to be able to afford their own home. We're going to have a first time home buyer program, and behind the scenes, it'll be amortizations to forty years, Again, or fifty no. years. If, yeah. Well, why not? Wow. I'm going to. I know. I, I see where you're coming I'm from. I'm not saying what it's the right get, move. What can you get in the states right, right now? You can get thirty in the states right now. Can you, can you, get, not? you can get thirty. 30, yes. see, so. 30. thirty. You lock in the rate for thirty years. Yeah. There's no renewal, yeah. right? Right. So that is good politics, bad policy. Yeah, of course, of course. And the other thing, whenever you see stats, whenever you see stats comparing Canadian debt levels to American debt levels, understand that we always get about a percentage lower mortgage rates here in this country than the U.S. Mm. So if we're paying Bank Prime, I just checked is 3.2 with a 1% discount, it's uh, 2.2%. The U.S. is usually always getting, usually always, usually always getting a percent higher. So, you know, if, they're, if we're getting 3.2, they're getting 4.2. If you're getting a fixed rate here at 4%, they're getting 5%. That changes how much debt you can carry. I'm not saying it's, a, it's a, a good thing that we can carry more debt here, but we always have lower rates here. It's never discussed in the media. Mm. But our mortgage rates here are always lower than Americans. It just allows us to carry more debt. So you see those income to debt ratios are always skewed, but our carrying costs are probably, I would love to see the carrying costs on debt as an average of Canadian compared to American, because I bet they're like, much closer That's good info, than the right? debt. Do you feel yeah. we're at a yeah, point? And no one discusses That's, that. that's good like, info. Why does no I didn't one discuss know that. that? Because it's never because it's not included in any of the stories about it. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're still well, we did, Don't we get us figured. wrong. We're still it's the numbers aren't good. It's oh, not yeah. like we're, it's like we're not everything, justifying it. Everything's okay. It's no problem. It can keep going from here. No, no, we're not saying that. But you it's everything's gotta be taken in context, right? There's so and do you feel we're at a point where where we could actually reverse the the roles and that we could actually turn the tables and we're no longer screwed. Can we, is, there, is, is there a point that we could say, no, we could, it's well, basically it it's on gone. how much we rob people the through inflation. Gone. So right. we're past the point of no return. So what is, what is the next step at that point? Because we're going to oblivion. It's ugly. The okay. next step is ugly. No, because, we're on the same path as you. Like we're agreeing yeah. with you. No, no, you, you have a different perspective than I because you guys know way more about homes than I will ever know. Oh, I, I, specifically, I, we we both feel that it's amortizations. That's that's amortizations. Look, the NDP already ran on it. We were talking about it before, and it was we laughed when we saw it in the NDP campaign uh-huh. um, in the fall. If you look at it, one of their points for their housing plan was extending amortizations. So what's Coming. funny is now that they've joined with the Liberals, I'm like, well, if they stay together Give for three more three years, years, there's a not few a card more, they're playing. There's yet. a few more budgets coming down the pipe. The budget right before the next election. And they won't. They won't call it that. They'll call it. Oh, yeah. You know, some we're helping the first time home buyer. First time home buyer rescue plan. Yeah. You, you know, know we're, I like we this. save you. This is good. Yeah. Um, are you guys running for politics? No. <laughs> the, way, the way you guys are talking. Don't want no, that no, job. No. Are you kidding me? Um, but there was something else I was going to say there. The the way I see the world evolving. This is my own take. Is I'd like to just go to a Bitcoin standard. You know, you want to spend money, save it. Mm-hmm. Have you heard I of agree. the concept of saving? Save the money. But I don't think I don't think we're going to just flip over suddenly. But I do think when we go to Croatia, it's very common to carry the local currency. It's called the kuna. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of it? No. No, exactly. <laughs> you carry the kuna. Nobody trusts the kuna. So you also carry euros. Mm-hmm. So you carry the kuna and euros. If you're from Canada, you probably also have some Canadian dollars. So everybody walks around there with two or three currencies in their pocket. Okay? That's normal. In Canada, do you do that? No, not yet. You carry no. nothing. This is my point. You carry it's well, all electronic. Well, think about right it, now. But think about it now. You know how Ledin has a USDC savings account mm-hmm. at nine percent interest. I think it just got lowered to nine percent or something. I think like it's that. eight now. Eight. Still, is it eight? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's still great. Uh, you know, it's still great. But um, more and more people I speak to are like, "Hey, maybe I'll can you stop hitting my... your mic." If I kept hitting the mic, like can, that, you're looking crazy. Can I? Can he I just always, persuade you to never always, use USDC? He always. Yeah, no, no. But I, I just, I think the bigger point I'm trying to make here, and we can have that talk. The bigger point I'm trying to make is that more Canadians than ever that I'm speaking to are saying, you know what? I'm going to hold some of my liquid but medium-term savings in American dollars. 
I'm going to have some Canadian dollars, super liquid. I'm going to have some American dollars, medium-term liquidity. Don't you guys some buy Bitcoin. American dollars when the price is right on, on the exchange? I know my, father, my father's been doing that for a mm-hmm. long time. Not, not too much. much. Sometimes here and there, no, but okay. that's something okay. we've done. I thought that was but I th- And then Bitcoin, savings, longer term, right? And I can see that coming to Canada, where more and more of us are going to have Canadian dollars, American dollars, Bitcoin, and you're going to have multiple, you know, I don't want to call Bitcoin a currency, but just going to multiple... Stored Why can value Bitcoin money. be a currency? Sure. No, no. I just, because I hate currencies so much that I don't want to call Bitcoin a currency. It's yeah, function as a number uh, of different yeah, yeah. No, Absolutely. Oh, it's, just another, it's just another yeah. another spendable asset, right? That's you. all. I think, I think uh, that's the first time I've heard this uh, amortization. I got I to gotta stomach that one on my drive home. But that's uh, that's interesting stuff. I, I didn't know the NDP had that in their platform. And sure, now that they're bedfellows with the libs... Um, comes out okay so that was interest rates the next thing i want to tell me when the next election is spring of that year i'm calling it now they're announcing it spring of that 2025 no when's the next election 2025 uh, okay so spring the budget for spring 2025 that's being announced you think it'll be that yeah yeah. or in their platform i might get it wrong by a season it might be announced in the fall it might be after but that's what i'm calling but uh okay so i don't know what i want to go next real estate what are your thoughts on real estate you're the Canadian oh, Bitcoiners. Oh man. Speak your truth. Uh I I view real estate as a good investment, honestly. Um I've I got a lot of exposure to real estate through my father. He owns a number of properties, Hamilton, did rentals near Mac, much like you guys for a time. Um I I, I don't see the downside really. I know a lot of people say, well, the government can tax that, they can take it away from you other ways. There's always gonna be, you know, the potential for, for example, especially these days, like price controls in real estate markets, especially for a rental market. But at the same time, you know, I can't in good faith say Bitcoin really works because of the scarcity and because of the utility. And then also say that, you know, much like many of my Bitcoin colleagues would say, it's a shit coin. It's garbage. Got it. I thought you were alluding to that when you said over the next 40 years, you're not so sure about real estate. I'm not so sure about the, the stock market. It's an ETF. Oh, yeah, real estate. It. Okay. Real estate, I would feel pretty good about. Mm. Like, you know, I think I, I look at, you know, my wife and I live in Hamilton. We want to move to uh, try not to fall out of your chairs, Dundas. Uh, What's wrong with that? That's, that's a nice. nice. Spot. Uh, it's great, except for the price of every home. So oh, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you move to a place the size of this office. It's a million plus. <laughs> so you, uh, you you got you got all these these sort I'm of trying to say my office is small here. I'm saying you're saying this room is small. Oh yeah, no, this is my I'm, office. Yeah, oh, okay. I'm saying many things, but yeah, anyway, okay. the, uh, the the I would just I would note that real estate, like you, like I said to you before, you hold real estate for your entire life. It's not the same home, hopefully, but it it'll perform well for you, and that real estate value from like a, a government economic standpoint, it has to appreciate because if it doesn't and you retire and you're looking for uh, to downsize and pull some of that equity through a sale or pull some through a HELOC or whatever and you don't have it, what are you going to do? All the discretionary spending in this country comes from old people. So what's the plan for all this money that you know is going to groceries, going to tra- tra- uh, transportation or travel, I should say, all this stuff, right? If you don't have that available to you, where are you going to get it? Not your pension, I don't think. You know, Got it. You okay, know, so you... You know why real estate is a good in, uh, investment? Mm. It's because a report came out, I think just yesterday, that 20% of MPs own a second yeah, piece I of real estate. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I think that number is, uh, is low because there's got to be a lot of companies out there that are, you know, shell companies that probably own... Um, property on their behalf that's not being reported. So I think that number might be a little low. Well, we were expecting them to announce larger down payments for investors. And we were can't. shocked that they, they didn't. didn't announce it. They can't. Yeah, no, we know. Yeah, yeah, but but, but at the same time, <laughs> yeah, you're thinking they can't. We know they can't, but we're, we didn't think they were that smart. We're like, yeah. oh, okay. So they're in tune to the real estate I, market. I love that. Man. But real estate, yeah. really what it represents is old school money. Because if you have real estate, 
it's taking advantage of older economics. You can't be a new a new person coming yeah. to Canada. You can't be a, uh, somebody that's 18, 19, 20 and have an idea, I'm going to buy a home in the next few years. Screw that. It's never going to happen unless you get a lot of help from family or friends. Yeah, or but whatever. it does happen for some people too. Like we can't talk in absolutes and I'll say this because we, one, yeah, we one, do of, the have guys, one of the guys that works in our office immigrated from India now probably what, four years ago or yeah. so? And he bought his place two years ago, or a year and a half ago, or whatever. So Without getting into specifics, was it in combination with other family mem no, members? No, because it's typical in, in no, that they bought, they, which works really well. They bought their place. They moved to Oakville, actually. You guys are paying well over here. But, uh, but we hear what you're saying. Like we no, get no, I the agree point. with you. Yeah, we also know somebody who slept in his uncle's basement. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, Arvin slept in his uncle's basement for how many years working at Tim Hortons, saving every single dollar. Yeah, he lived and then did buy his own place. And but I know your point. But we get month. your point. And you can't do that today because if you do that without making some really wild investments and hoping those investments pan out, the money's never going to catch up to the rising cost of homes. Yeah, right now it's got aggressive. Last couple of years, there's no doubt. So you're, you're just, you're on the outside looking in. So real estate is, it's old school it's economics. one way it's old it's interesting you say it that way because it's a way to really benefit from the old school system because if you can get in you're refinancing you're yeah. using debt right. the debt gets smaller there's a percent where you're creating dollar. money you're basically you get creating to, money. you get to print you're your own creating money fiat right? dollars the other thing about real estate from a bitcoin lens is you know bitcoiners talk a lot about the monetization of non-monetary assets as a as, as evidence that inflation has really taken hold like people talk a lot about real estate being one of those assets. The reason the price of real estate is so high is because people would rather be there than in cash or in stocks or in anything. And, you know, also, I, I just think if you look across the asset spectrum, people would literally, instead of saving cash, any currency, instead of saving any currency at all, no matter what the country, no matter the denomination, there's people out there who would rather park it in like fermenting grapes in a fruit cellar and hope for it to stay valuable. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. People are like, yeah, this is normal. Yeah, yeah, grapes for sure. Well, and look then, what's yeah. happened with every. I mean, look at what, fucking we, grapes, man. We, wine. We are you had, kidding? We, yeah, but we had a discussion about wa watches. Like, look yeah. at the watches. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. A wait, for a Rolex, discussion. it's a wait. It's a waiting list, and then there's the ones that I don't know the market well, but it, it, I'm not a watch guy. But it was like the ones that were twenty grand two years ago or fifty grand right now, now yeah. and you're like. What? So like, there's a waiting list to spend twenty grand on a watch or fifty grand. On a watch. Like, I mean, like this is so. To your point, there's, it's like the most. I, I don't. I'm not a watch guy, so I don't get that world. You know, but but uh, you know, I understand. I have a friend the, the who is. Behind that's it. a different world that I cannot get. And when you know, when he shows me his watches. You know, his fifteen grand watch. It's a watch for God's sake. Yeah, to me, I'm like, oh, I don't know, one thousand bucks. It looks <laughs> a nice one, so it must be. Yeah. It must be that one's you're showing hundred bucks. You're showing you know? him the Bitcoin price. He's, he's thinking the same thing back. He didn't to you. buy Bitcoin. So I want to ask you. I want to ask you that when people say uh, Bitcoin price volatility, mm -hmm. what comes to mind for you guys, or how do you? These are. I gotta say, these are great notes you have here. The uh, we gotta start doing our notes. Like two that. word notes. No, I yeah. never have notes. I have notes. What well, the weird part is, I, I never have notes for anyone. For some reason, for you guys, I have notes. It's so weird. Bitcoin price volatility. Bitcoin price volatility is uh, honestly not that big a deal. I'm and looking at it right now. It's, it's yeah. actually pretty stable. I so. think the people, I think if you look at uh, where most people have been parking their money over the last two years, three years since COVID, let's let's talk about the stuff that really made headlines, right? <laughs> GameStop, how'd that go? A lot of volatility there. I didn't hear anyone complaining. In fact, the government stepped in to make sure the volatility was only going down on you <laughs> at one point. <laughs> they right? really did. Yeah, right. So that that's one thing. Uh, look at the fan mag stocks, right? Unless you're in Apple, basically over the last three years, you're you've taken a pretty big haircut off the all-time high. Microsoft, Amazon, uh, Netflix today just had their second straight, following a quarterly earnings call, second straight 35% down day. So 35% uh, 
after their call in January, thirty five percent today. So if you they bought, were it's almost seven hundred dollars so now they're two hundred two twenty ish. So so how's that volatility? I didn't see anyone talking about that in the news. Okay, that volatility is important. Also, I don't see anyone talking about volatility when Bitcoin price rips on adoption news or Tesla news or everyone just doesn't talk about it at all. It's a scam. It's a self, self, self pump and dump, whatever, self-promotion. The, the volatility goes both ways. I would also argue that the most volatile asset, again, only in one direction over the last hundred years is any currency that you have going to zero. How, like, even by the Federal Reserve's own admission in the States, your dollar over the last hundred years has lost about 95%, 99% of its purchasing power. Okay, well, I didn't hear anything about that volatility. How's that volatility treating me? Not so good. The volatility piece is a, is a wedge into a conversation about risk. Should you have to take risk in the stock market to protect the money that you earn with your finite time? The answer is no. But we all just accept it because, not because you think it's legit. No one thinks it's legit. Everyone does it because they think they might hit it big. And that little bit of hope is enough for people to play this game. It shouldn't be. And that's another thing I think government's worried about is people are going to be like, wait a minute, are you telling me I got to work at Tim Hortons to, you know, to your buddy there who's living in his uncle's basement? You're telling me I got to, not only do I have to live in my uncle's basement and like subsist, subsist on a diet of ramen and, and sriracha every day, but also I have to gamble on the stock market? I got to wait. I got to play this game with these levers where you know, Jerome Powell gets on TV. If he has gas one day and makes a face at the wrong time, the market tanks. How's that fair? This stuff is all connected, right? And so the, the volatility thing, I think for me, is like a way to get into people's skin about this risk thing that uh, they're just like, they're happy to play along with until they, until they start to think about it a different way. There's two points I, I have to bring up. Number one, it's only been 13 years since we've mined our first block, a little bit over 13 years. It's still really young. So everything that young, you're going to have some wild swings. That's the first point. The second point, I have to ask you a question before I continue. Have you guys sold any Bitcoin that you ever bought? No. Okay, so you value your, your Bitcoin and the value- So happy to say that too. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the fact that you haven't sold any of your Bitcoin means that, that you have not reached a point that you want to sell. So maybe trading right now at $41,000, but it's not $41,000 in your eyes, your eyes, your eyes, or my eyes. I don't even know what the price is in my eyes, but we're nowhere near what it is. So it may be trading at that price, but that is not reflective of what we think it is. And a lot of Bitcoiners like us think the same way. So that is not volatility right now. It's not volatility because we haven't gotten to a point where we think we're actually going to be spending it or maybe even using it like in a Bitcoin-backed uh, mortgage, for instance. Those are That's when you actually have usability at a price that you think that you could you could actually use it. So there's no volatility. Before I forget, what, what, what were you going to tell me about USDC? Oh, yeah, USDC. Um, How long you got? No, I'll be very, very brief <laughs> on this. Who knew? I didn't know what rabbit hole I was stepping into. So what makes Bitcoin... Joey just leaned back. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to be quick. What makes Bitcoin so good is that you can't censor it. So if you put your Bitcoin on your wallet, there's nothing I could do, Joey, or any government can do to stop you from taking that Bitcoin out of your wallet because that is yours. That is your keys. You own it. Plain and simple, it's decentralized and you can't censor it. The same can't be sent, said about USDC. If they wanted to, not that they are, but if they wanted to, they could blacklist certain wallets. And if they do that, that particular USDC is null and void going forward. So if, for example, if a greater entity realizes you did something and they weren't agreeing with what you've done, they could blacklist 
your USDC. Why is Joey laughing at this so much? Because I don't want to get. I, like I've just different. heard so many different ways to describe government, like bit greater oh, entities. Got it, got it. So you know what I'm getting at. So you know you may yeah, have participated. Yeah, that's pretty in- shitty. And I guess Bitcoin can't be blacklisted right now because there's no centralized place it's going through. Whereas USDC is run by Circle. Yes. There can be a blacklisting of it, but I'm, I'm just trying to think out loud here. Bitcoin doesn't have a central like authority it's going through it can't that's the way it's built and your node right there is verifying transactions yeah, that are yeah. done all can through I the world read somewhere about the fungibility of it can be altered or something can happen in usdc no with bitcoin so sorry i'm switching the conversation to bitcoin now can it be blacklisted at all no well it could be the exchanges they could go to all so in canada they could blacklist the wallet address if they uh, if they okay decided, no from that point of view right but i could still yeah, send yeah, you yeah. some directly sure. you can give me canadian dollars if i needed it yeah right but they could blacklist you the, the from the, the exchanges and there's nothing they can do to take it away from you and preventing you from spending that on the bitcoin or exchanging they could, that in, they could lock you in a room and make you give up mm-hmm. your keys that, aside <laughs> from them taking a gun to your head and saying tell me oh, the keys shit, that are man. in your head that is the only way they could do it. And without that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you think yeah. that's not possible? That's nice. That's a nice <laughs> I, I'm not going to go down that path. <laughs> that's a nice feature to have that they can't really do that. But USDC, it's much easier. Okay, it's centralized. It. Yeah, yeah. So you, yeah, no, good point. You always yeah. have the threat yeah, of it's, your savings It's almost like the, that, a cash American dollar is better because it's still anonymous right. and you can kind of spend right. it. But USDC can just be clamped down. This, this goes for any custodial asset. Yeah. USDC, your bank account. Gold. Good point. Gold. But, good if you point. Got your, but if you got your own and you got yeah. a node... You're cooking with okay. gas after that. What about when I say education? What comes to mind for you guys? Any any form of education? Whatever comes now, to mind. Now, this is more your... Because this is his... Is he it? went to school for this. Okay. And so you should actually... I did go to teacher's college. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I don't like... Uh, Teachers, I love kids. They're great, but I don't want to be involved with teachers or the education system. Yeah. So you went to teachers college, but didn't become a teacher. Yeah, I went in the states for it was a year year long program. Incredible that uh, I couldn't get into a school here, but I can go over to the the U.S. get my designation, then come back here and teach. So talk about you know saturating the market. Anyway, story for another time. Uh, the education bit of Bitcoin, man. Like I, I would say, I look at like what we're doing here, right? You guys got a show on real estate more or less. I don't want to keep saying that. I don't want to paint you into a corner, but like the, your show is real estate focused. It's, you know, Southern Ontario focused, but on any given week I could turn it on and listen to like our buddy Jordan talking about Bitcoin or, uh, Lynn, Lynn Alden talking about Bitcoin, Greg Foss talking about Bitcoin and you guys spitballing about Bitcoin macro things that matter. Foss is coming back right? next week. So, so like you got, you got all these different available options now, whatever your flavor is. If you like, you know, if you like the way our show is formatted with a news item and commentary, you get that. If you want to hear this spitball, the natural flowing conversation, you get that too. Th- these are, these are options that are available. The thing that I think is more relevant now than ever is this thing I heard from Breedlove once upon a time. Um, he was, he, me and him were on the same panel on um, BTC Sessions. Oh, cool. Christmas show. Awesome. And so we were talking about how do we educate people. And the guy brought up a, a great point. I was saying that people are going to educate themselves through this pain they're feeling in their day-to-day life, right? Their dog food's more expensive. They can't afford their mortgage, whatever. And Breedlove was saying, you're right, pain is information. And people haven't received that kind of information in most of the modern world in a long time. Not like this. Not the way they're about to. You guys are talking about bumpy roads and riots and stuff like that. If it gets there, I don't know. But certainly it's fair to say that it's a lot closer to that outcome now than it was three years ago, than it was 10 years ago, For et cetera, sure. right? So the education you know, comes through pain as well. Finally, I'll just say that Man, you know, be a Bitcoin node for your your friends, for the people in your life. 
act in a way that's that reflects well on the Bitcoin space. You're you're carrying the banner, man. That's your like you're wearing the jersey. And so if you're wearing the jersey and you know, we get on we get on our, our podcast, right? And like I, my fucking Twitter account is constantly blasting people with a BMI over twenty five or twenty eight or thirty. And these I, I get some shit for it, but I say, look, I'm I'm telling you that my time preference is this. And I act in a way that reflects that time preference. I'm telling you that I think it's important to live healthy. I act in a way that's healthy. I tell you that I spend time with my wife and my dog. I don't spend time fucking around on, on, on my relationship, on my family, my friends. That's important to me. I think that one of the best things about the Bitcoin space is that you're going to find that kind of thinking all over the place. That kind of thinking really helps you during times. For example, when I tore my Achilles tendon, it really helps you. Because people are, the number of people who reached out to me who I've never met before Telling me, here's, here's what I heard about this. Here's what I know. A couple of PTs reached out. Like, here's what cool. I would do if I was you guys. This, this is a, a community that really cares about each other. And if you care about the mission, you're going to get it back in spades. And that's the kind of thing that really builds strong relationships in a, in a community as tight as Bitcoin. That kind of education you can't get anywhere else. Knowing that you're going to get support if you act a way that's beneficial for the mission. I don't think you get that in XRP and Ripple. I would guess that in real estate, it's a lot more. There's a lot more sharks in the water than there are in Bitcoin. Oh God! You know what I mean? <laughs> and you know what I mean? It's 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 much more zero sum than Bitcoin is, and that's the kind of thing. It's un, it's un, un, irreplaceable in in other disciplines. I yeah, think. you haven't touched much on traditional education, which is a fucking business. You're well. You're in. I mean, you got a young daughter, and we talk about this off the air all the time. Like, I don't know if you want to talk about it on the air, but I kind of just put them on the spot. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, education education is failing. It's failing. We we bring in we bring in some of the worst educators anywhere in the modern world in this country and in this province and there's no doubt. Um, you look at the the standardized testing scores in the province, they're atrocious. We got fit. the math skills coming. It's, it's unbelievable. The, the, the written word when want, we're hiring people and the emails that we get in, yeah. the written communication that we see, yeah. abysmal. Of course. Like what did you think of my emails? Were they on par? I think Anthony was getting those. I'm not sure. No, I think you get you sent me one. Did I? I can't yeah. even remember. So, so the, it was a solid B plus. When you, you look at when you look at education, you look at some of the testing scores. The kids are are being told are substantially or, or sufficient, I guess, for their their point in life. Right. The math scores are terrible, etc. I would just say if you if you want to know where this comes from, you could point to the teachers union pretty squarely. That'd be a good place to start. When Ford, uh, who is my friend, now that we're talking about this, uh, tried to introduce math literacy for teachers. They oh, had, that's they, right. I forgot about do that. Do you remember yeah, yeah. the outrage yeah, yeah. from teachers right. about how they yeah. didn't want to pass? Oh my gosh. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you imagine now a world where if you didn't have to work 50 hours a week to get by, you could spend some time teaching your kids things that are important, math, language, arts, whatever, yeah. right? Pass along the expertise that you gained mm -hmm. as a young adult, as a child, as a, as a grown man in the world where, like you said, lots of sharks, okay? You made it. If you could pass that along, you wouldn't need the teacher's union. And so <laughs> this idea that the 50-hour work week is like an accident, I think is completely bullshit. But that aside, education in, in the province and in the country has become a business. For, worldwide. Yeah. Don't, don't just it's localize it. It's, it's, a it's, been, it's become a business for mm -hmm. the unions more than anything. And also, you know, there's no, there's no benefit to really succeeding now. University is not a club for people who are successful anymore. I was just on the Brock University website last week. You need a 70 average to get into Brock. Which program? Any of them. You got to have a 70 average baseline. That you can't get in anything with with anything below a 70. But it can't be across the board. No, I, you know what I mean, though, right? And so, should someone with a 70 average be able to 
you know, say that they attended university and then use that, for example, like you have to, you have to have a university degree to get a certain job. What, what did you really, how valuable was that degree really if you got in there with a 70 average? Do you know why it's 70 right now? And it's kind of changing the topic slightly. Why? Because they stopped allowing a lot of international students coming into Canada. So the, uh, it's less people applying even, for this. Even still, I mean, I mean, the, el- the outcome. This is, is a, the no, I see your why. point. And, but on the flip same. side of that, I, I have some friends who are like below 70 students that uh, the only reason they were below is just the school system failed them so badly. And, that and, so, and, and, and did they do okay outside of... Uh, yeah, like hustlers, resourceful, resilient. And so this yeah. is what I mean. There's no there's no real value in either the 70 or the thing the 70 gets Yeah, yeah, you. I get it. Yep, totally. How, how do we get yep. there? How do we get there? Well, I want to just touch on the business that is universities and post-secondary school. We talked about it on our last show. We had an article that was written not too long ago that were calling Bitcoiners psychopaths. Oh, I'm not yeah. sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it, yeah. And it, this came from Queensland University, I think was the name of the university. It's, it's in Australia. And then on top of that, I did a little bit of digging. It turned out three years ago, 2019, ABC in Australia did some research. There were some courses from this university that were being funded by the Chinese government. That was a few courses back just three years ago. How many more are be f- being funded now? And so you got to understand what's going on in China. It's a lot of garbage. You look at what's happening in Shanghai. You see dogs, cats being put still alive. The cats thing's weird. Yeah, yeah. Still alive in, in, totally in bags. Yeah. People st- stuck inside their homes, pe- uh, apartments or condos, whatever. They can't get out. With those drones flying around saying Keep, stay in your homes or whatever. Did you see that one with the robotic As dog? long as you say that? it's for your safety, then everything, you're allowed to yeah. say anything afterwards. Yeah, and uh, so, but honestly, we're at a state in media that I don't even know what to believe. That's right. but I don't you even can, know if yeah. I'm looking at yeah, China when I see those things. I agree with that. You could take that information and you could digest and say this is wrong. Sure. And the people in this university, they are not digesting this information saying that the people funding that university is wrong. Yeah. They're taking this money and they're saying we don't care where it's coming from. We're not going to bite the hand that feeds, it, feeds us. No, we're going to take this money, write a report to say Bitcoins are psychopaths. What the hell is that? Mm-hmm. Like You're it's doing a disservice. All Bitcoiners took it as a compliment though. But you're doing <laughs> a disservice to university. You're doing a disservice to Bitcoiners. You're doing a disservice sure. to themselves. Yeah, yeah. Now you can't take those five people seriously moving forward. You can't, can't take whatever is coming out of that university moving forward as serious because it doesn't, you can't. We, we know where, where, what's, what's happening. Somebody is paying them to do this kind of stuff. I think the Let's follow just, the money. People just want attention. Like I, I personally, I just, I saw that and I just, went right by it like it didn't even impact me it is for, funny. For yeah but second. you think critically about stuff i think kind of to lens point a lot of people see these things and they're like yeah those bitcoiners you know it yeah, doesn't does negatively I, just don't know. I think because you're in the space you're more hypersensitive to that and you're seeing that i don't, no, I don't care I don't, I don't somebody was sensitive I, I actually liked it i was like i don't but know. i don't think anyone sees it like i don't yeah. think anyone outside the bitcoin space maybe that's a good saw point that I, I didn't i didn't yeah. talk to anyone about it except for you yeah, yeah, no one's yeah, seen it no one's seen it it's just your feeds just anything bitcoin so you see it it's just nothing it's interesting time right now but i agree with what you're saying sorry about that about the way universities are funded and stuff like that it, yeah it's, it's a, not, a not, business not about even the ccp it's it's more just about private companies funding them for studies and stuff like it's it's a mess um, well when i see my own sons in second year western and when i talk to him about his economics class and his different accounting classes and what they're learning there you know he's listening to different podcasts well, you guys like, michael saylor you know breed love jeff booth he's listening to safe he's listening right. to all these guys right. I'm sure he's getting more valuable information because he's continuing to listen to them 
than you know the classes he's attending. Yes. But the classes aren't cheap. Yeah. And some of the stuff that he's being taught in there, I'm even looking at it going, what the? Like I'm looking at some of the economic stuff he took last semester. I'm like, you're never going to, this is useless. This is 100%, which is probably a disservice to him because here's his dad saying like, this is just pure garbage. Right? That's a fiat it's education. That's yeah, what, it's totally. It's a fiat education. Yeah, yeah, with a fiat, fiat mindset. For and, sure. and it's built around that. And that, that, that's fine. But unfortunately, the world is changing. He's, and you even said it, he's getting more out of going on Twitter and listening to podcasts. For sure. And Which uh, actually so gives me hope for, like, I feel like your generation, we're similar in age, I'm, I'm 49, your generation, I feel like, ah, I kind of got the short end of the stick, right? My generation could uh, buy properties. Mm -hmm. We didn't know what we were doing. It was still expensive for us at the time, but less expensive relative to today. Mm -hmm. And we rode this incredible wave. We got lucky. Let's face it, we got lucky. You bought a bunch of properties. If you thought you were smart, uh, I'm not really so sure. You kind of just got in at the right wave. Your generation specifically didn't really get access to that. But I feel like his generation at 20 years old, with everything that's evolving now, we didn't talk about the Lightning Network, and I'm gonna have to. We're gonna have to miss that part. Um, but the Lightning Network and all, all that's evolving there, I'm like, wow, yeah. these guys are walking into a future that's gonna be pretty pretty bright. Have you guys had Kevin Rook on your show? I was yet? just about to ask. He, I listened to your show with Kev. It's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, just don't, do you know him? I don't know him. I, we, I see him on Twitter. Yeah, I, have to, we I should feel have like you guys, yeah, you guys yeah. are just like the right people to have him on. Um, but, and what kind of world is it where the four of us from different kind of backgrounds, different interests, here we are thinking and talking about what we think is the most important thing right now, the state of money. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous that we have to come together. You shouldn't be doing this right Everyone now. You knows shouldn't it. be doing this right now. Everyone knows it. They just can't articulate it. And that's the thing that we got to help them with. We're yeah. getting to a point it's easy to find. I think you mentioned it on your previous episode uh, that the debt to GDP in a global scale is four to one. I think that was yeah, correct. That's incredible. People around the world are finding out that this you're having central banks failing. We had six, I think was a number in the past two years that failed, that defaulted on debts. That's an incredible number. The writing is on the wall. It doesn't take much to understand that the system is failing people and people need to do something. What are they waiting for? Like the four horsemen of the apocalypse to come down and you beat, smite Len. the central bankers? You preach, Len. Yeah, let's do it. You go. It's, these people should be uh, selling their kidneys, buying more Bitcoin. That's what they should be doing. The, what they're doing right now, they're waiting for government handouts. No, man. They got to take it, take control of their lives. They got to get out of this fiat environment, buy Bitcoin, secure their fee, their future, sit back, and you'll be. Pre Does pre anyone want to talk to you guys at your full time, like your your kind of uh, <laughs> other roles? Uh, they hate you guys for we, sure. Listen, the 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 reason we get asked all the time, like why we started the podcast. Uh, we talked to a grade seven class actually about this. Uh, one of the people who listens to the show asked us to talk to their class about. <laughs> cool. Yeah, awesome. It was, honestly, it was a really good time, and uh, I always say the same thing. I think Len agrees. I, I'm gonna talk to someone about this. Before the show, it was my wife, pretty one-sided, and uh, you know, after her, it was the, after fine. her, it was the dog, yeah. one-sided. And so this is a much you know better conversation <laughs> than those. If, is there an episode of yours that you guys love for people just learning about this topic, or would it be just jump into any one of your episodes any week, and they're gonna be able to get a taste of Bitcoin? For someone just figuring this stuff out. There's not... Okay, so one of the downsides of doing a show that's news heavy is there's not a lot of evergreen content as far as like sure. stories. I think the principles of hard money, you guys would agree with this, I'm sure. You're going to find something that relates to what's going on if you go a year back in the catalog. If I was a new listener, I would say... Jump on YouTube Monday night, talk to the people in the chat, talk to people on the street. Because you're doing it live on yeah. Monday night. Yeah, uh, what time on Monday? Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock Eastern, Eastern yeah. on Monday night. Yeah, and cool. the chat's... Uh, I mean, for... Like I was saying to you before the show, we get less YouTube traction than audio only, 
But I got to say, like the chats started out with like five people, 10 people, and now they're 30, 35 oh, awesome. or higher. Awesome. It's, it's pretty good, right? For a seven, seven o'clock on a Monday night, people would rather give their kids an iPad. Yeah, yeah, their yeah, wife yeah. in the other room. <laughs> Come shoot this shit with a bunch of strangers yeah, on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd good. like to say there are some episodes I would suggest people consider listening to that we've done because there are people that don't want to buy Bitcoin to spot spot asset because there's some technical knowledge you have to have to mm -hmm. buy to put in a wallet. That's fine. And some some people would rather just buy an ETF or maybe even a Bitcoin miner that you could get uh, publicly traded. There's a couple of episodes I would suggest listening to. One, Ben Gagnon from BitFarms. Listen to him. If okay, you so listen, if they to, go to your YouTube channel and search for BitFarms. BitFarms or Ben Gagnon. Okay. If you listen to him, I'm going to open up my wallet and buy more uh, BitFarms stock because he is brilliant. And the way Canadian he. Canadian company? Yeah, it's Canadian, okay. primarily based out of Quebec, BitFarms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the biggest Bitcoin miners out there. Okay. And not only that, uh, DMG uh, blockchain, uh, Sheldon Bennett was really good. Um, okay. I like that one. Um, and a couple others, like the, C big the CEOs and the people that we get on the show, if you want to talk about like the guests that we really liked, if you want to start with a place where you'll build some technical knowledge and also if you're a, sort of a business mind, we've had a couple of good, good CEOs that have both the business side of the operation down and the technical side as well. So they'll talk to you about hash rate, the importance of energy procurement, things like that. And then also talk to you about what it's like to do a capital raise in 2021. So this BitFarms episode, this is what you talk BitFarms about? BitFarms is one. Okay. Uh, DMG is another. Another good one if to learn about Bitcoin that is not bad for the environment. Yeah. Listen to Giga Energy's... Um, Brent Whitehead. Brent Whitehead. Yeah. That's one of your episodes. Young man from Texas. Just okay. built a Bitcoin uh, mine on Him the field. Him and your his YouTube channel phone. name? Canadian Bitcoiners. So just search Canadian Bitcoiners and you guys are going to come up. That's how yeah. I found you on YouTube. And then you could subscribe there. Yeah. Okay. And then what else? On audio, same thing, Canadian Bitcoiners yeah. on all kind of the audio Everywhere, platforms. Wherever you get your podcast. On, uh, your Twitter stuff's hilarious. I've just started tracking you guys on Twitter. You guys make me laugh. <laughs> I don't know even why this guy's squatting, calling out some haters, but apparently some people are just like, and did you put his face? Kind of looked creepy, no, no. man. I don't know. Who put your face like with a hoodie? Oh, walking the, away from the squat yeah, rack we, or something. We, I was like, we one do of the some, we do some, um, some other stuff with a channel in the States, green candle investment. Oh, okay. And so we do the, the Friday space with them on macro and stocks and Bitcoin. And okay, got I, it. those guys are giving me shit because when I tore my leg up, they're going, nah, you're never going to, it's never going to be the same size by June 30th. So said, you fucking watch me. Yeah. Got okay. it. Okay, so he's <laughs> squatting and then like shit posting I, them about some shit. I got a question for you two gentlemen now. CBDCs. This is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. Sure. Have either of you, do you know about them? Have you heard about them? Yeah. What are your thoughts on them? I'd yeah. love to hear what somebody else has to say. If you think I, USDC is something yeah. that you don't like, CBDCs are I don't think they're going to pull them off in, 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 in North America. I just don't think they're going to pull them off. I think they want to. I think in Europe, Europe has the culture where... It's very social. It's much more socialist where they'll be much more accepting of the government taking more control over certain aspects of their economy. Europe, for sure. CBDCs in North America with the U.S. And I think Canada were kind of like 50 50. I'm not sure they pull it off. What I think they'll do instead, heavily regulate USDCs and uh, sorry, USDC or other All stable, similar coins. One, stable coins. Mm -hmm. And that becomes their weapon of choice. And they'll be able to blacklist and they'll be able to do They're all They're going to give up a lot of control by doing that. I, see I don't know how at. much control because I think they can really... If they regulate it and $1, it's a dollar for dollar. If they, they don't just give phone up circle control. and say, hey, blacklist Len. Yeah. I'll give you a different way of looking at it. 
Um, they're investing some money into doing research for CBDCs, and I'm talking about the Bank of Canada. So sure. they, they've they've locked into an agreement with, with MIT. MIT. Yep. Yes, well, we're watching. Like, so we're we're we're, we're, so we're on the same page. They're <laughs> going down this path here where they're gathering information. But they have to waste yeah. money on it. They waste. Money on, they they <laughs> might just, do a hundred studies. I just think they're something. so stupid. They won't be able to. Pull no, it no. <laughs> I have a, a sneaky suspicion there's going to be a pilot project that they're going to be rolling out with yeah. CBDCs in the next two years. I think that they will it have. Could be people. right. I mean, there is a there's, pilot project coming out. Job postings for their CBTC people two years ago. Now, the job postings for CBTC yeah. started in fall yeah. 2020. And the reason the why I end. think they're going to do this is because it's advantageous for them to go ahead with this. Oh, for sure. It gives them not only, I talked about a, a measure of control that they don't have right now, but it also makes it easy for taxation purposes. You could tax at the source. No, it's brilliant. And it, yeah, it's yeah. easy for them to gather it's, more revenue, which a lot of revenue could be potentially lost when there's under the sale. Uh, when you go buy stuff on Kijiji, it's all cash. You know. But if they get a digital ID in place... That gives them more power too, because they just Which shut, seems you shut like down your coming. driver's license and your passport and everything. Well, else. did you see the so, Pearson Airport, Air Canada, and I think like the World Economic Forum? Yeah, they're asking they're for partnering it. Partnering together, they're going to do digital IDs at Pearson. Cool. We're going to be a pilot. It's all going that. So way. why yeah. wouldn't they do a CBDC and tie all? No, this if they shit tie together. that together, my God. I think we can get it in Canada easier than the states. And yeah, I, yeah, agree. That's why I like agreed. the structure of the U.S. a little bit better, especially even when you were talking to miners. Yeah, they can be regular ESG, blah blah blah. But in the states, how are they going to do it in the states when Texas is going to say fuck? No. That, that's what I'm saying. Wyoming will probably say. Fuck. But if you're going to have to use U.S. dollars, if you want it to function using U.S. dollars, you're going to have to then adopt or not. I mean, uh, bend your knee and say I'm going to use CBDC. But if you if CBDCs come out, you're basically depending on how they implement it, you're wiping out the commercial banking system because right now the commercial banking system is the distribution of new fiat dollars. So you're basically going to say, okay, all you commercial banks. You're fucked. Or they implement it in some way that goes through the commercial banking system that I can't figure out. Yes, yeah, so I'm on that side. Whether I'm not so sure. I just think the lobbyists of the commercial banking in, in the U.S. is going to go for this. They're going to get their slice of the pie. Yeah, I'm I, not I, sure I, how it's going to be. Agreed. And I but can, it's, I it's a bad that. idea. There's nothing, there's nothing good. Nothing good. It. So with that being said, why wouldn't anybody go out and buy Bitcoin when you could be sheltered from this garbage? It makes no sense. People wouldn't buy so much more Bitcoin Based on the fact that we, th- at least I think, I, I think coming. most Canadians are. Everyone's got different problems in their lives. Yeah. Like some people might have a bigger problem than thinking about the CBDCs. That's true. Up. That's true. I they think might we're be fortunate. like, hey, we're fortunate how am I, to think how about am I going to pay for the food for my family for dinner next week? And those, you know, and in that type yeah. of conversation, the type of conversation we're having doesn't matter. So I think we're so fortunate to have this conversation in yeah, some ways. I'm not talking about people that, that are struggling to make ends meet. I'm talking of people that actually have some wealth behind them that they could actually move the needle here. Mm-hmm. And they, they should be parking some. Yeah, significant it's portion. It's a, I, I'm fascinated by that line of thinking. I just think that most people are born in a world where the government takes such good care of you, whether we agree it's good or not, right? But they feel like they've taken good care. Because we've had some guests on this podcast, you know who I'm talking about, who is like, you listen to mainstream media and you do what the yeah. government says to do. And we're always like, oh boy. Um, so I just think that people think the government's going to take do the thing they're going to do. And maybe what can I do about it? I, I have, and they're going to have to do that. And I've talked about it on our episode, on our shows many times, like taxation. I'm not against it, man. Like a lot of the things that we we live for like we do on a daily basis. We drive on the roads. Roads aren't paved by themselves. They got to pay with taxpayer dollar. You turn on a faucet, water comes. You turn on the, the light switch, uh, lights turn yeah. on. All this is done with taxpayer it's money. The wasted studies of with MIT on a CBDC. That's something that, different. That money. But in terms of, of having <laughs> infrastructure built, I, I'm for it. Uh, tax me away. Get it done because I want to have this infrastructure built. It doesn't just pop from the sky out of thin you know the thin air. 
Somebody has to pay for it, and I'm willing to pay for it. So I you, agree. Do you think CBDCs are going to go into effect here in North America and in yeah. Canada? Yeah, absolutely. When? For sure. I say a pilot project in two years in Canada, something is going to be rolled out. It's going to be on a very small scale. Maybe it'll keep it in a regional area. Maybe it'll What about the U.S.? You think in the U.S.? I think it's going to be a harder sell to do it in the U.S., mm-hmm. but I think it's possible. Is, why not? If I other asked Lynn Alden about that question specifically, and she thought the regulation front on stable coins. Look, She's man, like, I don't went, think I'm listening to that. If you can see right now, I'm listening to that episode right oh, now. Oh, are you are? Yeah. yeah. So I eventually asked her this question. If, um, when it's for your safety, because the 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 U.S. dollars physical are, are being used, they're being used for crime. <laughs> if you say it like that, then yeah. No, but yeah. I'm just saying they're being used for crime, and you know, bad people that don't get vaccines and like uh, have spread COVID are using them. There's many avenues. So right? so because of that, to protect everyone else, we need to transition to this. You've seen what's happened already. It was like holy shit. Yeah, yeah. you're right. It started with. And if with, it ties in with your passport, yeah, and then you have no choice. I, I'm going to give you a really scary one. So if there's another, um, something comes up that they prevent you or they want to prevent you from leaving your home because they would want you to spread germs for whatever reason. They could do so with a CBDC. They could really limit your ability to move. Sure. Because you're at long goes and you shouldn't be, so we're not releasing your money. It's because it's programmable money. They could Land, say, they, they could say it in such a way that you could be, you could only travel, say, theoretically in an urban environment, two, three, four kilometers uh, in a radius. This is through that you, you oh, yeah. could get your gasoline. You could get your. You go to Shoppers Drug Market, whatever. You go to the grocery store. You cover your whole life. The possibility, but outside of that, what, they won't let you spend. Whether it's used for that or not, we'll see. But the possibilities are there, one hundred percent. I told you, know. you we go to Croatia often, right? There's many reasons that we go over there. It's a beautiful country. <laughs> it is a beautiful country. Great people. I think more and more Canadians are thinking about having multiple places to to live. From yeah, the people we deal with right now. I think about it all the time. Sure. The, I can't afford it, but yeah. <laughs> I, but but the fact the that you're thinking about it. Yeah. I have to yeah. say that is it the prime minister or president of Croatia? I forget what type of parliamentary system we have set up. Or if the, yeah. whoever it is. That gentleman, he goes to the uh, European he's Parliament. Euro- he's the European Union rep. He's not. Yeah. Okay, he's not sorry, I thought he was a. Pre- no, no, but but still, I know who you're talking. He's about. He's based, yeah. man. That guy, he he speaks from. <laughs> well, it also helps that he's a towering big man. Oh, is he? Yeah. So when he says he it, and he stared down Trudeau. And, and he mean. talks down to Trudeau and Macron and stuff, oh, and he oh. stares at them like, and he's the sc- a little bit of scary Eastern-looking European hard-faced man. Yeah. And the way he speaks, it, it's uh, yeah, it's it's fun to watch if you if you agree some of those with some points of view. Those those video clips are pretty jokes like yes. they're pretty yeah. i don't watch a lot of politics but they're pretty jokes. they're yeah. pretty good yeah. yeah guys uh thank you so much really pleasure chatting with you guys you and i feel well. like we you can talk about for like a, a lot more about all this stuff so thank you please follow these guys on on youtube their twitter handles handle your, uh, your twitter handles mine's uh joey tweets with three e's in the tweets. oh it's three e's i wrote yeah. it down with two e's. everyone writes down with two oh. if i could get the two e's my god man i would sell that <laughs> thing and move to three <laughs> joey tweets with three e's and len i'm the btc price buy so if I follow you on Twitter, do I get like price updates? I used to. I could still do that again. Oh, really? <laughs> so the BTC price bot and uh, Canadian Bitcoiners on YouTube. Any other places to find you or is that, that uh, the primer? That's it. That's everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Wherever you get your podcast videos, we're there. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, if you hear somebody ranting on the streets of a Bitcoin, it's probably me. Up late at night running up and down the street. Right. Love your passion, guys. Keep doing what you're doing. And listen, I mean, I think maybe just as a father of two kids and just having other sources, other Canadians out there sharing this kind of information, I just love it so i'm grateful that you guys are doing what you means do. a lot man you guys too uh, yeah i'm just thankful that you guys are out there doing what you're doing so yeah thanks a we're lot. squatting here we're not leaving until <laughs> we do another Listen, I, got, as long I, got, as I got physiotherapy in an hour and a half yeah, so yeah, take yeah. me an yeah. hour and 15 minutes to get home if we stay another 15 minutes here <laughs> we're, we're done thanks guys appreciate it thank you hey everyone hopefully you enjoyed that chat with joey and len they're a blast we're definitely going to have them back and um you can find them on twitter here are their twitter handles at 
Joey Tweets. That's for Joey. Joey Tweets. And Tweets has three E's in it. So Joey Tweets with three E's. And Len, his Twitter handle is at the BTC Price Bot. The BTC Price Bot. And we will have those Twitter handles in the show notes of this episode at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash podcast. We'll link them there. And on YouTube, if you just go to YouTube and search up the Canadian Bitcoiners, you're going to find um, their YouTube channel. That's where they have their live streams going out and the archive of all those um, episodes that they've done previously. So you can find them there. And if you are listening to this and you want some real estate information, if you want to hear the latest that we're, you know, how we're working with investors in this area and some of our thoughts on the latest things going on in real estate, you come to our live introductory class you can register for that at canadianrealestatetraining.com that's canadianrealestatetraining.com that's it for this episode everyone until next time your life your terms